0: The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to the Monday edition of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across me is Miss Tammy, the Sasquatch, the Snorinator herself, Underwood. You know, you stayed the night last night.
1: Yeah, because we worked late Because we night. were
0: working super fucking late. Yeah. Which, is, which isn't a problem. you know, It's not the first time you've spent the night over no. here. My God. I'm glad that you got some sleep. Because, y'all, here's been Tammy for the last two weeks. I call her up because we have a meeting almost every morning. And when she does the answer, I get this. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. I'm all, hey, good morning, sunshine. And that is followed with the sweetest thing that she could ever say to me in the morning, which is, fuck off (laughs) fuck right the fuck off
1: you know what's really weird about that is mom has learned never to say good morning to me she'll always go morning I'm like (laughs) "Ah." does she used to say good morning before I've had my coffee and I go what's so fucking good about it
0: (laughs) I'm like following it up with somebody has a grumpy pants on
1: or you start singing to <laughs> yes,
0: me. Yes, I start singing to you. Yeah. All right. So, a couple of things. Number one, we are going to be having a uh, a giveaway of our new t-shirts.
1: We will.
0: By the end of the week, we're going to have something up for you guys, because this is going to be a contest, because I'm going to make you bitches work for it. That's <laughs> right.
1: We call them citizens, Scott, not bitches. Oh, is that
0: Yeah, because we're a Brutal Nation. Look here, (laughs) bitches. I'm just kidding. Yes, the citizens of Brutal Nation. You will have a chance to win the first run of our new T-shirts. Our
1: new T-shirts. They actually look really good.
0: They do. They look look decent, and our dude who did the logo is actually going to redesign it, so this is going to be probably... One the, of the only runs. Edition. These are limited edition ones. Um, But you guys got to fucking help us out a little bit here. Just saying, motherfuckers. Yeah, because we're it.
1: revamping the website. You... We're revamping the logo.
0: And, you know, I, I learned something. I can't put you out there to hook for me anymore because the cops have knocked on my door too many times. and said, look, your pet got out. I told and...
1: you we should put your son out there. Even though he's, you know, a rather I big, like big kid. And I like... He's <laughs> got
0: that baby face. No, well, There you go, man. All right, so who do you got for me today? I
1: got Sonia Caleffi.
0: That is a fucked up... That's actually a very sexy name if you think about it. She's Italian. Uh, That's why, man. Italian women, like, they can be butt-ass ugly, like, 100 years old, but they have the sexiest fucking names.
1: Dude, you know what I
0: say? Huh?
1: That... You can have an Irish, Scottish, or Australian man, and they could be like 120, and I'll still have sex with them because I love their voice, I their gotta accent. Admit,
0: I got to admit, man, there, there was a, a thing on t- uh, one of the TikTok thingamajiggers. so I'm addicted oh, yeah. to that, and I don't know why, but I played this one a thousand fucking times, and it, all it was was a little girl, and the parents had pulled a prank. They drew, like, glasses on her face, oh, and I think it was a removable marker, and just her voice, no, it's not funny. I got to go to school. (laughs) No, stop laughing. I have to go to school. Oh, my God. I was tickled pig. Oh, my God. I actually feel bad for that kid, man. (laughs) And normally I don't feel bad for kids. I'm like, fuck that little bastard. That is
1: so funny. I should send you the video of my son when he went to the dentist one time. They did the NOS, the nitrous oxide. Oh, yeah. And we're in the car and he's all swollen and numb and everything. And I was videotaping him because he was like, and I was like
0: <laughs> What is your And I was
1: videotaping I was laughing so hard And he goes Stop mom You're cyber bullying me <laughs> That's like, fucking oh, awesome that is so fucking cute
0: Alright let's jump into Miss Anya Kalefi okay. She does sound hot though
1: Yeah She was a nurse Naughty nurse Uh, Well apparently We're like, featuring her
0: Like if she came in To like maybe Change out my bedding She'd give me a happy Happy ending Yeah A little bit of no, dude. Tu- little tucky She's pack. not
1: a candy striper. Do you know, remember when hot. I was telling you how I was a candy striper in high school on that one episode? Oh yeah, that very first episode when I said it. I was listening to it and I literally said it. I'm surprised you didn't catch it. Candy striper.
0: Oh shit! <laughs> I let that one get away. Yeah. Oh, what the hell was I doing? Was I don't.
1: It- rem- and I don't even remember what episode. Was I drunk or I high? think it might have been the Saldivar episode, but I don't know. You were kind of sick that day when we did sell the That's
0: probably what it is. It seems like Jake and I keep on sharing the fucking plague because now he's sick.
1: Of course. You guys are going to pass it back and forth and then eventually I'm going to get sick and then I'll kick your ass. i got to
0: wear a mask. Anyway, let's talk about Sonia before we get too far into this. Yeah.
1: Okay, so whenever we come across a case that took place in another country, because you and I have found this before, it's really hard to find information. It's like an endeavor. You know, so In the cases being presented today, the majority of what I could find was so redundant. I'm like, why bother? You know what I mean? Right. And so, um, but I will say this. As researchers, who are you calling? As researchers, um, if you dig deep enough, you'll find that golden ticket. Like, literally. Literally. No. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because you and I have been like, you know what, we couldn't find anything, then all of a sudden we click on one link Is it's like, there it is I
0: hate when I fucking find shit after the fact, after we do a damn episode Oh, I've done that too And I won't even be looking, I'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna go onto this person here, what the fuck, is- hey, here's every piece of information, this is what they like for breakfast Yeah Jesus fucking Christ Well, because remember man. when we did Mary Bell,
1: we found all that information about her childhood and shit after we did the episode oh, yeah. oh, Which yeah. I put in the blog, so People should read it. Yeah. So that being said, the news reports are great. They give great details on the case and the trial. However, they lack background information. Something that would give me an idea of the type of person she was before she began committing her crimes. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of childhood did she have? What was her teen years? What was her young adult life? Um, because you and I both know that everybody has a dark side. No matter how pious or, you know, I always say that because there's some people out there that are very pious or like like my mom, you know, my mom never said any swear word my entire life growing up. But I beat her at Dr. Mario and next thing I know, she's saying fuck every other day, (laughs) you know, so um, we all have that something that would be our breaking point.
0: Right. 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 Yeah.
1: So um, I don't want to give too much away, but. When we study the background of our cases, we find ourselves feeling let down when we find out that a medical serial killer uses items to just dis- basic items, basic bitch items to dispatch their victims.
0: Sweet, You know,
1: the things we're tired of hearing are arsenic, insulin, and sometimes even morphine because that's getting kind of lame.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. At least when they get, get get taken out by morphine, they're going out, you know, a little party party. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, the, the well, the- you know
1: what? Come on, give me some fucking... Well, I'm allergic to Demerol, so give me some Demerol. <laughs> <laughs> fucking put me out of my misery. Um, Which, I'm fucking mad I'm allergic to that. Is it Demerol? No, it's Dilaudid. Yeah. I'm allergic to Dilaudid. I fucking. I mean, it was nice until I developed an ad- allergy. So, that being said, when I found out what... Sonia used to murder her patients I was horrified but impressed you know it's more of, it is more a case that involves a significant amount of analysis and the knowledge of a profession because you have to know you know um when they work within a profession and it's deemed that they that they more than capable Oh, that they are more than capable of understanding the expectations. Not only that, but they also have a true want inside of them to meet those expectations when they're a nurse or a doctor. Because my mom felt a calling. Right. You know, that that, she knew that was what she was meant to do. Um, However, that being said, when they suffer from a deeply rooted and extremely documented mental health disorder, that con that contradicts their intentions to do what they know is right. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Because I mean, ours aren't that extreme, but I've had, cause I have bipolar too. That before I got on my medication, my manic episodes were insane. You know, I would stay up for five days and not even not no drugs or anything.
0: You know who else does that? Fucking meth heads, motherfucker.
1: No, because I would do it without fucking medic- any drugs or anything. I'd stay up for five days straight because I was in that manic high. Holy shit. Yeah, I wouldn't eat or nothing. So that appears to be what was going on with Sony's case. When she embarked on a path that molded her into a serial killer, the entirety of her criminal acts reveal that there is a thread that links them to the heart of her somewhat unhealthy pathology. Yeah, you can link it all back. Um, unlike some of our medical serial killers, Sonia's actions didn't seem to be linked to a sadistic and self-centered gratification. You know what I mean? She wasn't the type that wanted to be like God.
0: Right, we see well, that a lot.
1: Yeah, it was like... <coughs> uh, I'll give too much away if I say it.
0: <laughs> but
1: um, you need to like really think about what she, I mean, listen to what she went through before she became a serial killer, because that's important. Um... So when it comes to Sonia's life, it appears as if she became, I have some weird, um, a rather disturbed individual who was uncertain about her life when she was young. Um, not only that, but it also seems like she had the added element of being like so many other patients who are denied adequate help for their medical issues. Now, or, what year was her this? Her mental health issues. Um, she was born in 70. Oh, okay. So she's about our age. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, her crimes, I think, came to light in 2000 something, early 2000s. Um, But she was born on July 21st, 1970, in Como, Italy. Um, Her family lived in close proximity to Lake Como. So, her hometown was a well known tourist destination.
0: Lots of people. Was there another town called Perry? Perry Como?
1: No, nobody's gonna get that joke. And nobody are nobody unless they're our age.
0: Yeah, or maybe older. But um, (laughs) no,
1: but George Clooney has a house in Como, Lake Como. Oh, nice. Yeah, because you know he married that Italian woman. But I married I married George Clooney too at the fucking Madame Tussauds wax museum. You can put on a wedding dress and Jesus Christ! Yeah, I actually put on a wedding dress and married. That's not fucking
0: creepy at all, Tam. That's not creepy. No, please continue. Um, I played
1: poker with Ben Affleck and kissed Tupac and had Simon Cowell tell me that I was atrocious on American Idol. So shut up. And I hugged Elvis. Have you ever? Oh, and I played golf with Honor Palmer. Have you ever been to the Wax Museum? It's very interactive. You can interact with the statues and everything.
0: Huh? Was it in Vegas or something? Yeah.
1: I don't. I don't. I think it's at the Venetian.
0: I don't tourist Vegas.
1: Oh my god! No, when I mean, we go, go to there, Vegas, we need to go to Madame Tussauds. You will have so much fun.
0: I go there, and if I have to, I visit my parents, and uh,
1: because you have to,
0: and then I get drunk. Oh yeah, you
1: called me that one time when you were at the restaurant. It was like midnight. I've never had you call me that late.
0: And I get high, get stoned. Um, <laughs>
1: you didn't last time you were in Vegas.
0: Holy shit, no, I didn't, huh? Well, that's because I was there to pick up my son.
1: Well, and not just that is, and it was a good thing you didn't, because when you got back, you had the, your random UA, remember?
0: Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah,
1: you're like, I said, it's a good thing you didn't fucking get high, because
0: I good got time. high. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have a job, but then I got high.
1: <laughs> See, nobody else is going to get that reference either, unless no. they're our age, because that was like a one-hit wonder. <laughs> so anyways, um, Sony was an only child. And it appears as if she was raised in a blue-collar home. Because, I mean, everything I found was like her childhood was not traumatic. okay. Yeah. Um, her father was a traveling salesman. So it's probably safe to say he wasn't always available, maybe. You know what I mean? But then he could have been like a back-and-forth day traveler.
0: You know, when I was in college, I was like a traveling salesman. <laughs> I was knocking on the door. Excuse me, ma'am. Can I introduce you anything in my pants? Okay, no. I'll just go to the neighbor. Okay, no, it's it's cool. I'm gonna put the My ex
1: boyfriend was one of those um door to door book salesmen for a while when he was in college. <laughs> and he would literally cause he's a cute little blonde. And he would literally say, Don't you want to adopt me? And he would get so many sales because he would
0: like flirt with everybody. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> so Quick story, and then we'll get back on track because we've always got quick stories. So, when I was married uh, to ex wife number two, we had this vacuum cleaner salesman for the Rainbow Vacuum Company.
1: Oh, remember the rainbow? Nobody else would get that either.
0: And, we you had. know, we had him vacuum every room in the house. And then you told him no. And then we said, Tell you what, give me your cart. And he did. And we said, We'll call you in the next couple of days. You know, we're going to talk this over a little bit. And never called him. We didn't give a shit. He, he did all the vacuum. And it works great. He and it
1: the... has that little oil you can put in that, like, deodorizes your house as you vacuum. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. He, he yeah. vacuumed
0: the beds, everything. We made it work. It was it was great.
1: <laughs> we used to have a rainbow vacuum cleaner. and um, But then one time on the same thing is we had this guy come in. and He was from another country because I loved his accent. But he was selling this like oven, not in the, it was like an all-purpose cleaner, and he was like, "You can take off the most grungiest thing in your oven." Blah blah blah. I said, "Really?" I said, "Cause I can't figure out how to get this shit off my oven." And he came and cleaned my oven for me. And but I did buy a bottle from him, so because I felt bad.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah,
1: fucking I wasn't gonna cheap spend, ass
0: bastard. I wasn't gonna spend like I was like, uh, no, but you could have bought like grand. some of
1: those scented oils and shit that. You know, you can put them in your wash or whatever.
0: Yeah. No. You're fucking so mean. That was way cheaper than the housekeeper. Yeah.
1: um, But her mother filled her days performing the duties of a housewife. Her mom was just a housewife, stay-at-home mom. You want
0: to know why? She knew her place. Huh? She knew her place. Yeah. Well, see, there is
1: one thing about her childhood. I mean, although it's it's not really traumatic because, you know, whatever. If I would have had this in my childhood, I'd have been fine. Because, you know, you and I both talked about how we suffered horribly. So when she was growing up, she spent the majority of her time with her mother, who was always around in close proximity. You know, I, I would almost say she was a helicopter mom, from what I could gather. So there were many days when it was just the two of them. And that means she was the only one around to listen to her mother's tales of her depressing life. You know, because her husband was hardly ever there, blah, blah, blah. But then I don't think that would be traumatic, really. Considering maybe, what you and I have been through.
0: No, no, it's just it's a different kind of trauma because... You kinda, my
1: Siri was talking to me.
0: Because Siri's a twat and wants to interrupt. Uh, you know, if you're a young child and you're hearing about all this bullshit every fucking day, I would imagine that it can kind of set you up for what you should expect in life. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this is kind of a normal thing because my mom... Oh, yeah, that know, depression
1: and that, yeah. like, yeah, that... um. That you're not, you're, you will never get what you expect out of
0: life. Pretty much, yeah. That, that's just my thought on it. I could be wrong.
1: I, well, I know. you know what? Now that you say it, I can kind of agree with you. Because I kept relating it back to our childhood. And I'm like, you know what? I would rather had somebody just tell me how depressing their life was and get the shit knocked out of me.
0: No, no I, I agree with that. Yeah. But, or know, the
1: sexual abuse.
0: Uh, trauma comes in all kinds of ways. Man. Yeah,
1: there is mental trauma. Huh?
0: Like, what if you never got beat or nothing, but then you saw a family member get... You know, ran over with a combine in the cornfields because you're oh, from Iowa. yeah. You know?
1: You know, that happened to me. My favorite blanket got lost in the field across the street, and it got run over by a combine. But then my mommy fixed it.
0: I'd be traumatized. I
1: still have that blanket, by the way. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Um, but anyways, as Sonia passed into the adolescent phase of her life, she adopted feelings towards herself rather early, like before she was a teenager. And these predominant feelings was one of inadequacy. That led to the discomfort. She began to have being in her own skin. She just didn't feel comfortable ever, you know. But it's not like she was transgender and thought, you know, thought she was a man trapped in a woman's body, right. which not, happens. Yeah, no, it happens. But no. She just felt like she wasn't comfortable in her own skin. Then that kind of she all, never had almost it like goes
0: down the way that I was thinking. Then you're listening to your mom's bullshit every day about oh, how yeah. horrible her life is. That's going to kind of program you. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, but those feelings, oh, crap, I had to restart my computer and I keep getting your Steam login thing keeps popping up. Um, those feelings were most likely the main factors, though, that triggered her later episodes of a deep, dark depression. And it's highly possible they were also the root cause of her anorexia. Because she had anorexia, which is an eating disorder that took over her life and resulted in, if you see her early pictures, she was like, thin.
0: See, I can never date her. Yeah. You want to know why? I mean,
1: she was like skin, she was like a walking skeleton.
0: Yeah. I don't date chicks that don't eat.
1: I know, because you you look like a pig when we go to a restaurant. That's why when we went out to eat last night, because you took, we went out to dinner and it was like, I can't just order something small because he will, like, look at me like, bitch. But then you know I don't eat very much, so.
0: No, no, that's true. You you ordered a respectable meal. Yeah. Very respectable. Because I will always you take know?
1: off my leftovers, always.
0: Yeah, and, and it makes sense. And, I and you know, I I knew what to expect. I yeah. knew that you would eat about half of it. Yeah. But still, I was impressed. You ordered a respectable. You didn't sit there go. okay, I'm going to take the side salad with just... No a drop of maybe it's a shaving of carrot if that's okay. No, you ordered a fucking meal. Yeah, you ordered the uh, what was it? The sirloin. Yeah, I ordered the
1: six <laughs> six or nine ounce sirloin. Yeah,
0: with the blue, blue cheese, cheese topping. It. Yeah, it looked fucking awesome. Yeah,
1: it I was. Everybody really looked
0: pretty good. It tastes pretty good. But <laughs>
1: then yours had the onions and mushrooms. So I was like, damn, that's bomb. But then I couldn't have. There's no way that would have been like three meals for me.
0: Yeah, I couldn't even finish it. That was, yeah, I'm a big but,
1: eater. But um, no, I will because. But then when I go to some of my favorite restaurants that I've been to forever, they know that I will order off like the senior kid's menu because I don't eat very much. That makes sense. Yeah. And then if they don't have what I want on the senior menu, I'll go, can I get a light version? And they'll always bring it to me. Oh, yeah. Always. Oh, yeah. You know, Amanda, I like- my, my favorite fucking waitress at... You know, this is a plug for prime time in Forest Grove, but Amanda's my favorite waitress. I love her to death. That's yeah. where
0: we met during our business meeting before, yeah, right? When
1: your ex wife came, right? Yeah. No, I'll, I'll plug them. They're a free plug yeah. for them. They, they are really they were good fantastic. and they're very nice.
0: Very good people. Very like, good I people. I highly yeah, because
1: Jess was a bartender at that time. She loves me.
0: She, they're out in Forest Grove. They're freaking yeah, awesome. Yeah, between you Forest chance.
1: Grove and Cornelius, they're like right there on the border. If you have a
0: chance, go out there. And I'll yeah. tell you, I like Billigans more than I like Ruth
1: Chris's. See, I like Billy too, because I can throw the peanuts on the floor.
0: Because with Ruth, 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 Ruth Chris's, you order everything all a card.
1: Everything's all a card right it's, here. And
0: it's it's good meat. Okay, it's a, it's a good dining experience. You're gonna drop a couple hundred bucks at least. Oh, oh yeah. You know, I know. I've been there many a time.
1: I've never been there, but I've heard.
0: But it's all kind of stuffy.
1: Oh, uh, like pompous.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because if you can afford to eat Ruth Chris's, obviously you're not making your meals out of fucking ramen
1: yeah and you're not living paycheck to paycheck
0: right i like billigans because i think that the food is comparable yeah you order a whole fucking meal yeah you get full the staff is nice not sitting yeah can i interest you in a beverage now this is our wine list and i'm gonna kiss your ass because you're gonna drop like 300 bucks here no man yeah the dude was fucking he was a little fruity but
1: oh yeah. He was he was man. very nice cuz remember when I said okay which the which one's the best out of these two drinks? Oh yeah. And he was like, "Oh, I would do this one." Okay. Okay. And it was really good. But uh no, I have to figure out where I want to go with my family for my birthday dinner cuz you know that's coming up. I always do a bur- big birthday dinner. <laughs> and so, but I don't have enough money to drop it Ruth Chris.
0: No, no, no.
1: Even well cuz if you've ever met my son, he could freaking the buffets pay him <laughs> to eat there because he, like, he goes, I'm going to get my money's worth. And he does.
0: <laughs>
1: but, um, but it, you know, because she did seek help for her issues, okay, that were piling up in her life. However, the help she received wasn't, I mean, it's obviously not effective, and I'll get into that. And it only acted as a temporary buffer. You know, the main reason for this lack of adequate support is attributed to the dried up resources that are available to those who are looking for psychiatric care, and we have that over here in the U.S. We do,
0: but also keep it in mind, man. This is like like in the eighties. I'd imagine that she yeah, to help.
1: It, yeah, early like probably late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, so it, yeah,
0: once again, psychology is just kind of a still almost a budding thing. There, there's there's strengths out there. Yeah, and
1: like the early nineties. Well, because she's our age, so she would have graduated in eighty eight. Because my sister was born in July, so she'd have graduated eighty seven, eighty eight. You know, because my sister was born in June, so she would have graduated in eighty eight. So, um, but at the same time, so I figure she would have graduated eighty eight. Early nineties is when she was going through high school, uh, college, and she started a career when she got the medical help. So it's you know between two up to two thousand. Okay, so cool. you know. That's when it was starting to get...
0: Right, when it started to get good.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's way better now. Way better.
0: (laughs) Way better drugs, too.
1: Well, and not just that, is they're not quick to put you on, like, lithium or Thorazine, because I did not want to do the Thorazine shuffle.
0: I just always felt like psychologists up until recently have always just been there so you can just bitch, and then they give you some
1: fucking... Every so therapist I get... Out
0: of nowhere fucking advice that really doesn't relate to you. Well, Have you tried this or this? Oh, that?
1: Oh, yeah. That, I that, had so a therapist that listening? I think threw me into my my psychotic break. I really believe he was like the catalyst. But um, I always tell my therapists now, don't ever ask me, so how do you feel about that? Because oh, obviously I, I don't know or I wouldn't be here.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right.
1: So, but... Um, From what I gather, though, as she was entering puberty, she never seemed to be able to accept herself the way she was, which is obvious when she's an anorexic. Mm -hmm. They can never accept how they are. They feel like, if I do this, I will be better. Or they punish themselves, and food is like a reward. You know what I mean? And then it gets to the point where it doesn't matter because the food's not helping. You know, they can't eat the food anymore. So, um, where was I? The older she got, the more envious she became of others. Okay? People eventually discovered that she turned into a compulsive liar and was constantly seeking out attention from those around her. Constantly. And that could be because of her mother.
0: She should have been a musician. Or a producer. No, no, a musician. Because if you're always seeking attention, get good at an instrument and perform.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you get accolades when you're on
0: stage. Dude, I fucking love it. Yeah. People, oh, my God, you do it because of your love of music. That's only part of it, man. I perform because I am a fucking attention whore. You are. You don't like to, that
1: first time you go on stage, though, you like, are, I mean, because when I went to your show, you're like, oh, we're going to fuck up. This is going to be a horrible show, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why do you say that? You're like setting yourself up for failure. The
0: thing is, is like in my head, I suck. Like, And I don't I know. Everybody says the same thing. They're like, no, no, you don't. But like just before and it's and I've said this before in the show is that, you know, I'll be on the side of the stage and I'm just like sweating and going, OK, we can fucking do this. And then I get up there and as soon as the first couple of chords come out, I'm, I'm in my zone. I'm fine. Yeah. But it's that first like the, I'd say the first 30 seconds are the worst. No.
1: I And I really love the show because, like I said, I heard Georgia <laughs> and it, I, it was amazing. I was like, oh, yeah, I hear it. <laughs> you know, you could sing me all day long and I'd be like, OK, there's Georgia. Um, let's see. So she had a deep seated need to be acknowledged. Um, this need within her was so great that she started manifesting tragedies in her life that didn't truly exist. And she also felt the need to infi- inflict p- physical pain on herself eventually, Ooh. you know? So as she progressed from puberty into her late teens, she <laughs> often conducted self-evaluations and during these evaluations, she often adopted the role of a sadistic critic. She was so critical of herself. But you are, too. Oh, yeah. But you're not anorexic, so.
0: <laughs> no, far from it. I
1: and you're not bulimic, either.
0: No, I'm like the opposite. Yeah. Of. I'm, I'm like a trash can. That's what I am. I-
1: yeah, she couldn't stop tallying up her actions. Um, in her mind, she decided whether the things she did were acceptable or unacceptable. Oh. You know, it's like she did a daily inventory. And... Um, so the more times than not, she felt that her, most of her actions were not acceptable. And when that happened, she would try to remedy this situation with something similar to emotional blackmail. Her anorexia, I believe was probably a form of self ransom and her failed suicide attempts were probably a form of self punishment. You know what I mean? Cause like I said, with an anorexic food to them in the beginning is like a reward. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like she probably told herself, well, you can't eat until this is better. Or what, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, because anorexia and bulimia are two different things. Um, But so an event in Sonia's life led to a sudden shift in her perspective she seemed to have about life in general. One of her grandmothers had a significant decline in her physical health. Okay. As her beloved grandmother's health deteriorated, she spent a lot of time with her. And for this reason, it's not surprising that it was a turning point in her life. You know what I mean? Right. So when she saw that her grandmother was going through, she began to get an appreciation for the nursing profession. Um, So this profession started out as a bit of a distraction. You know, it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. But it evolved into an inspiration until it became the focus of where she wanted to take her future. Um, After high school, she immersed herself in the studies to become a nurse. It was like she knew that's what she wanted to do. Oh, wicked cool. Yeah. So she enrolled in a nursing program at Santana Hospital, located in her hometown of Como. Um, she was rather meticulous in her studies. Therefore, she was able to graduate from the program in no time at all. Um, if Italy's nursing education is anything similar to ours, and that even in that era, because my mom was able to get her RN in two years, but that was in like the 60s, 70s, 60s, 70s. Um, she, um, it should have taken her at least four years to complete an RN program. Um, however, she managed to obtain her credentials in between two and a half to three years. Yeah. Cause she was enrolled from 1990 to 1993 and you consider if she graduated, I mean, well then that was a couple years after graduation, but still it's like you know
0: she was on it man yeah
1: because usually programs like that don't start until the fall right so um one thing i found to be rather interesting is it seems that she had some level of confidence in herself in the beginning because she hadn't even finished the courses to obtain her nursing certification but she had already written up her resume normally i would understand because it's like as soon as you graduate, you want to start submitting those resumes, right? Well, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, she in her she had handwriting, I guess, that was more typical of physicians. You know that you can't fucking read it. <laughs> yep. But then my mom does too. She documented her completed education in a short blurb and handed those copies over to prospective employers before she graduated, saying that she had all these credentials trad- that she had graduated already.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Which we've we've kind of seen before. In medical, you know, they kind of like yeah. I mean, uh, well, because patois. <laughs> So My that he is, was at this fucking, he was a fucking, you know, in the mental what, and he was actually a patient, not a fucking.
0: My question is, like, how close was it to graduation? Like, were we talking like a month away? And she goes, "Okay, I'm gonna get these certifications as soon as I graduate." I'm See, only a it month doesn't away.
1: say; it just says before her graduation. Yeah.
0: So uh, that's kind of subjective, then, right? Because kind of, if you're only like a month or two away, you're already you already know, you know
1: hey, you're going to graduate. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're like, hey, I know I'm going to graduate in a month, and. I'm going to have these certificates because it's about my graduation. So let's just start kicking them out now. Yeah, because it's
1: not like she was Billy Joel and knew that she lacked some credits and everything. And they were saying he had to go to summer school. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> and then he became a musician. Oh my God.
0: I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great profession to be but in. But you
1: went on to college and shit. I did. So
0: got myself three degrees and. <sighs>
1: Yeah, well, not everybody can be a fucking go-getter like you.
0: Nah, I'm just a dumbass with a guitar, man. That's it. And three degrees. And three degrees. You're just stupid. Just a dumbass. Yeah.
1: So, um, either prior to graduation or shortly after, she met a carpenter. And I don't ever know his name because they don't say it.
0: Was it Jesus? No. Jesus was a carpenter. Was he a cross builder? If I was a carpenter. <laughs>
1: that Johnny Cash song? Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash.
0: Yeah, but I'm thinking if I was car- a carpenter, I'd be a framer, and I would nail your mom. <laughs> so I was anyway, gonna say, I, are
1: you gonna nail it?
0: I'm gonna nail it. I fucking need you. Get some you. coffee.
1: You're a dick. Oh, I still have half a cup, so don't worry about me right now. You're so mean. So this uh, he was f- lived in. I you know what I'm gonna fuck up this name Cern O. Cernobio, C-E-R-N-O-B-B-I-O, which is just northeast of Como and in the same province. It's in the province of Como. Um, these two lovebirds, oh, there goes your kitty. These two lovebirds eventually decided to get married and they were only engaged for like six months, which isn't a big deal because I think me and my ex-husband were engaged for like three. Um, So unfortunately, almost as soon as... Sonia and her new husband tied the knot, uh, they began to bicker back and forth. Okay. And it didn't take long for that bickering to become a constant need to be at each other's throats. For that reason, they separated and we divorced by the time they were to celebrate their first anniversary.
0: You know, I think that's very common because I was just thinking back. This happened to me in the ex wife number two. <laughs> ex wife, which one? Number two. Oh. I was very much in love with Amanda, but the second we got married, it felt like the dynamic changed.
1: Well, you know what? I can agree with that, because my ex husband before we got married was very loving, very considerate, very compassionate and everything. But as soon as we got married, he was like, Oh, you don't need your friends anymore. You don't need your car, let's get rid of that. I'm like, Oh uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> You are not gonna isolate me.
0: Yeah, you know, and I I still loved her until everything went to shit, but still. I, just, I Yeah, like after we got back from our honeymoon, it just seemed like the whole well, fucking dynamic. Well, and it's changed.
1: really weird because we got married on October 25th, and by before my birthday in January, we were separated. And but we didn't get a divorce until a couple of years later. But is, yeah,
0: is that because he was Korean and he couldn't see the writing? Like he would sneeze, and his eyes would close. Hair would no, fall across dude, the, like, we
1: separated because I started having problems in my pregnancy and my doctor was out in Western Washington County and we lived in Southeast Portland. Oh, shit. And my doctor said, I can't be your doctor if you live that far away because I don't have privileges out there. And I was like, okay. So I had to move back in with my mom. Hold
0: on. Was he a white doctor? Yes. So he didn't have any white privileges in Southeast Portland? Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, Southeast is a very predominantly white neighborhood.
0: That's that's pretty sad when... Uh...
1: No, the hospital credentials are, yeah, privileges. You did shit.
0: Couldn't get white privileges at the hospital. Okay, no. Yeah, because
1: my ortho told me that he Wait, goes... What
0: about your one black friend that you have? Could he, like, your one single black friend? I have more than one black friend. Uh-huh.
1: Bitch. I lived in the ghetto, practically.
0: With your one black friend? No, I did. Shut okay, no, up.
1: I never lived with him.
0: She's got one He's black... He's, like,
1: my bestest friend ever. I She's love him. She's got
0: one black friend... God. Dude, Two you better friends. not even
1: fucking. He like resembles Shaquille O'Neal. He will beat your ass because nothing will come between me and his friendship. Uh, because ever. you got no one fucking... black friend
0: Then you got like I think you have like one gay friend and one Mexican friend. Like, I have
1: more than you, one gay friend. I have more than one Mexican friend. You
0: just you know collected it by color. I was married I have, to an Asian. I, I have, have an Asian son. It's like, I have a rainbow. Fuck off, Scott. <laughs> You're a dick munch.
1: (sighs) See what I put up with every day, people? It's going to be a good day. You know what? People are looking at me. I mean, people are probably listening to us all the time thinking she should either kill him or commit suicide because somebody's got to put somebody out of their misery.
0: (laughs) Well, to be honest, we've talked about this before. I'm actually surprised she hasn't killed me yet and that she's not being featured on this show by you know some other assholes oh yeah because i look at
1: you going i'm gonna murder you (laughs) (laughs) i probably said that since like we first started you know shortly after we first met
0: yeah it sounds about right i was gonna say
1: because we we've known each other for almost a year now and it's like i think it was like a month into you know our friendship you go why haven't you killed me yet i'm like i'm thinking about it
0: (laughs) it's crossed my mind more than once i got to admit that motherfucker
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i thought about it don't know how I can get away with it, but I've thought about it.
0: <laughs> All right. So what else does Sonia okay, do? So,
1: anyways, um, where, oh, some reports indicated that Sonia's husband was her first and only boyfriend. However, when her marriage ended, she once she was once again by herself in her uncertain world, in a world she didn't feel comfortable in. Um, other reports implied that she eventually met a radiologist and moved in with him and Tavernier. Tavernerio, t-a-v-e-r-n-e-r-i-o Tavernerio, huh Tavernerio. okay well whatever i can't fucking talk think like that
0: i think that's how she pronounces Tavernerio. probably
1: because it's italian yeah. i just can't i mean i can't roll my r's or nothing um that's
0: why the girls like me tongue action roll my r's oh, fucking
1: dick so another and it's another municipality in the province of como However, they could have just been roommates because I wasn't able to find anything stating that they had gotten married or even had a romantic relationship for that matter. But what I was able to find out is that once she was alone again, she would neglect her increasing feelings of pain and suffering. So I'm thinking that she got married because he seemed to fill that void in her. You know what I mean? That void that a lot of us have.
0: But that's the point of getting married. I'll explain. You have that blank look.
1: No, I didn't have that blank look. I'm like, had that look of, please don't go there. Because you always sometimes take it to a nasty level. No, I, oh my God. No, because when I saw your face, no, then I knew you that, were serious. Now, so.
0: now you've hurt my feelings. That's it. Call Justin, my therapist. Fuck. No, um, that's the reason why we do get married, for companionship, because there's something missing.
1: Yeah. We want that, re- you know. Right.
0: And they
1: complete us for Jerry Maguire.
0: Yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> I, we, we can go with that. But there's something missing. Then you find the person that you love. Kleenex? Uh, yeah, on the table. Um, I'll get it. And, uh, you know, I'll grab a, it. Wait, wait a second. But anyway, uh, you know, we're, we're, we find the person that we think that we love. And we hope that that dynamic never changes. But here's where things get fucked up. And I've heard it a million times a guy marries a woman hoping that she'll never change.
1: Yeah, and a and woman marries, marries a, man a man to change him. To yeah,
0: try to change him.
1: That'll never happen
0: right. ever. And well, for example, like me, I'm just who I am. That's just all the fuck it is. Oh I, yeah, I cuss, I drink, I smoke weed, um, I work fucking seven days a goddamn week. Oh, I know, Scott. We don't. Un- I don't understand why you can't spend more time with me. Why do you work all the time? Because I don't want to be poor. That's why. Because I have that fucking beer. We'll fear. see.
1: But before you and I started this, we were really good friends. I would come over, we would watch movies, oh, all yeah, that shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I've told you, it's like, our, rela- our dynamic changed because now it's all about business. You call me, we talk about the work. Um, I come over here, we're working. You know what I mean? That is
0: a good point. I got to fucking take more time off.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that.
0: Because I want to watch Evil Dead 4 anyway. Not or, just
1: that is There are a bunch of like, Dead, stupid uh, ass movies out there that I really want to watch with you.
0: Like Thanksgiving?
1: no no that's i want to awesome. watch like things that like seem like they're documentaries like poughkeepsie tapes that... uh, wants me to pick it apart no i want to teach you well i want to change you yeah. and get you so you don't analyze every movie but I you can wait until it's done i can't help you do it. it as we're watching it
0: i'm gonna take my notebook to the couch <laughs> and we're going to watch a movie. I'm going to take out all my notes. I'm gonna, here's what's wrong with this killer, okay? You will Number fucking one. fill a five-subject notebook. I will, because even in, and I'm a huge, we're both huge horror movie fans. <laughs> oh, yeah. But even in, like. But we're also really huge into psychology and shit, too. Yeah, so I break yeah. down everything on a psychological level. I will pick apart my favorite, like, I love Friday the 13th, and I love the Freddy Krueger movies, you have know, Nightmare uh almost said Nightmare Before Christmas, which is one of my favorite no,
1: movies. No, Nightmare, uh, Bef- Nightmare uh, on Elm Street. On Elm, on Elm Street uh, movies. Well, that's Freddy Krueger. Yeah. The, but the, yeah. The,
0: uh, the new Nightmare, all that good kind up. Of, um, And I, I, I pick it apart. Systematically. I can't help myself is how my brain works.
1: Yeah, but you told me you don't pick apart Star Wars.
0: I don't live in outer space. I don't know shit about outer space except that I don't live there. I love Star Wars.
1: I love every single one of them. I don't think there's been one that I didn't like. Ever. And I like the Twilight movies, but I could have done without New Moon. I'll be honest. Or that
0: book, for that matter. My buddy Brandon, he's into Twilight. Dude, I seriously? Was, oh, yeah. I, was I, I went
1: to Fest in St. Helens. Oh,
0: my God. If he did that, I, mean, I would seriously say, Brand, you are super fucking gay. You're one step Dude, him and I dudes. should
1: go to Twifest together. I mean, you don't even know. I'd love to meet him now. So. Uh, um, See,
0: Jake's killing me.
1: Yeah. It didn't take long for her to resume her self-evaluation rituals that fed the discomfort she had with herself. So when she became depressed again, she sunk into a deep, dark depression that followed her to her new house with the radiologist. And upon moving there, other than work, she practically lived the life of a recluse. Holy shit. But at least she still went to work. Yeah. Because when I freaking... when in, when I had my psychotic break, I like didn't get out of bed. My friend had to force me into the shower. Um, so many people believe that there were pathological manifestations that result in her depression and cause the early stages of her anorexia. And these people also heard, hold firm that these manifest manifestations stemmed from the undesirable bond that she actually had with her mother. Um, To lend credibility to these claims, when it comes to the field of human psychology and psychiatry, both Eastern and Western, and this is research I did, and I'm just pulling this off the top of my head. Um, Both Eastern and Western medicine are pretty much in agreement that practitioners in these fields have determined a correlation between specific circumstances and the serious issues that that Sonia was suffering from. So for example, um, a person experiences a rather primitive source of love through the nourishment that's provided to an infant in a mother's womb. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, they have that, they talk about how, you know, cause a lot of people don't believe in this, but I do that when you're in your mother's womb, you feel that protection. You know what I mean? Um, so, where was I? So, if a person develops a healthy bond with the person they, deten- they depend on for that primitive need when they're born, um, chances are they'll lead a, normal, a relatively normal life. Well, as normal as it can be, because nobody has a normal life. Um, however, if that relationship is somewhat bizarre, it can lead to serious consequences.
0: That comes down to, we've talked about this on the show before, it's called behavioral conditioning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm not not going to use one of my normal examples. I got a new one.
1: Really? (laughs) Go
0: ahead. Okay. I'm listening. And it's only because we featured so many people like this. Let's say that your parents are raging alcoholics. We see that a lot. I was going to say, we
1: we could do it with Ed Gein, too.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do it with Ed Gein. You know, he was programmed. His mother programmed him. Oh,
1: yeah. That sex and women were dirty. Were
0: dirty. He was pretty much isolated from everybody. But the influences of his mom.
1: No, totally. And his dad was a raging
0: alcoholic. He was a raging alcoholic. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, So a couple of things can happen with that. If one of your family members or one of your parents that you're depending on is a raging alcoholic, you're either going to become an alcoholic yourself because adapt and overcome. Mm Mm-hmm. Or when you get out of that situation. Or you're going to
1: be like that freaking rigid parent.
0: Yeah. You're going to be sitting there going, no, we don't allow alcohol in this house. Right. It's going to be one of the two. Because
1: I believe that's why Ed Gein killed those two women.
0: Yeah. No, I think yeah. that's the reason as well. But um, so, yeah, it, it, it all comes down to behavioral conditioning, mm-hmm. how you treat your kids. Mm-hmm. If you're yelling at your kids all the time, mm-hmm. one of two things are going to happen to your kids. Either they're going to become the aggressor and become aggressive and yell, or they're going to be the ones who know to shut up, sit down, and cower because oh, yeah. wait for it to pass. They'll
1: be a fucking doormat.
0: And both of those situations are not healthy. No. In the least fucking bit. They're not healthy.
1: No, stand up for yourself. No, yeah. Don't be aggressive. Be but assertive. Be assertive. Yeah. Yeah, totally be assertive. There's a total difference. Right. Yeah.
0: So yeah. that's me on my high horse My mom is a true
1: yeah. Pisces. She like is so passive aggressive. It's disgusting.
0: That's kinda hot. <laughs> I like that. Fuck you. Oh, my God, you're so mean to me. Here I am trying to save lives. Okay,
1: my mom is 77 years old. I do not want her with somebody my age.
0: Oh, my God, I'm not even your age. I'm older than you.
1: By a minute. There you go. It's like if we were twins, you would hold that over me. Like, I'm older than you. No, you're like a year and a half. Probably about a year and a half. Because I'm going to be 48 this year, and you just turned 49.
0: No, I just turned 48.
1: Forty-eight. So I'm gonna be forty-seven. I forgot how old I was.
0: <laughs> See, there you go, man. I'm an I'm an older guy. Your mom's an older lady. We'd be walking hand in hand on the beach. Well, she, you know, I might have to carry you. Her. Are
1: younger than my sister, bitch.
0: Okay, and
1: my mom would never date. I have something I think I spit egg on my mic. You got it. Um, my mom would never date somebody younger than her children. Oh, she will. She's not her ex-husband who trades in for a newer model.
0: Wait till I take her out. She's gonna be like, "God, he's the perfect guy." Then she'll be singing. ZZ she ZZ doesn't Top even song. talk like that. Then she's gonna be singing ZZ Top song. She's gonna be. Guess what I want him to give me? You're like, what, mom? Give me all your loving, all your hugs and kisses too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, baby. Okay.
1: I sent you the video clip for my mom's favorite song. One of my mom's favorite songs, didn't I? That um, it's a um. Mm, mm-hmm. God, I can't even think of their name, but yeah. I'm a a baller, shot caller, but it's called 20, it's called baller.
0: I'll tell you, man, I'll bring her a shot caller, it's
1: cool. Shot caller, I'm a shot caller, which means he's the boss. Hey, I'll bring her a shot caller. And she loves Tupac, loves Tupac.
0: Well, I have a keg. That's better than a two pack.
1: No, and nothing is funnier than when you're riding through Northeast Portland blasting Tupac and you know you have the good bass system in your car and your older mother is going like this.
0: <laughs> it's called a seizure. Because she is white as fuck. That's called a seizure. Anyway, Anyways, let's talk more about Sonya before this ends up being yeah. an eight part episode.
1: So, um, so, it is also where was I when she, um, uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh, um, in Sonia's case, the person she depended on for that primitive need was her mother because she was the one around. Um, so when she and her mother developed their bizarre, unfulfilling bond, the results would have been serious consequences that affected, um, uh, more than just Sonia. um, There's also a widely held notion that anorexia is a physical characteristic of a self-destructive individual. Many believe the root cause of this order relates back to the sufferer's primitive need for love. Typically, someone who is anorexic um, has very little, if any, self-love. They don't, you know, they can't feel it. Um, This self-love is a direct result of the recognition and attention they receive from the major influence in their life. Again, this was her mother. Right. Yeah. So an anorexic individual oftentimes starves themselves of life-sustaining nourishment when they are starving for emotional nourishment. You know, Mm -hmm. they either feel that by denying themselves food, they will eventually be worthy of the love they aren't receiving, or they feel that they have to earn both the love and nourishment. Therefore, eating becomes a reward or a punishment. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, this is all research I've done. It's not like I'm just pulling this off the top of my head because I don't know about anorexia, obviously.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so eventually, the absence of love they are feeling and the act of withholding nourishment for themselves is draining. You know what I mean? Because if you're not feeding yourself food, you can't really function in life.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, you become lightheaded, dizzy. I do that all the time. It becomes such a way of life that it's hard for them to develop their self-love and cause it's like it's draining on them. So it's not like they're you know what I mean? And therefore it's very hard for them to start seeking proper nourishment, period. Um, because I know some anorexics that they got to a point where they couldn't eat, like physically could not eat. Um Many believe this is what happened to her. Her feelings of inadequacy were compounded by the emotional neglect and the pain she felt after her marriage fell apart. When she didn't get the help she needed, she took control in the only way she knew how. She succumbed to oppression and suffered more in her anorexia. Um, so if she had become to feel more secure... Um, within herself and with her life, when she got married, what happened after a divorce isn 't hard to believe um, almost immediately after she and her husband separated, she be- fell back on the feeling she had before it 's not surprising because we all tend to seek out what is no matter how dysfunctional oh what what is co- what we know no matter how dysfunctional because it feels stable um, it wasn 't long before she began to develop somewhat distorted view of life. Um, although she continued to work, she withdrew into a private world of dark depression and soon this way of life affects, oh, except it affects both her private, It said bother, her private life and it negatively impacted her work performance. In her professional life, in her personal life, she developed an addiction to psychotropic medications. Now these medications were never prescribed, but had begun to take but she had begun to take them in the hopes they would make her feel better, which we understand. Um in Sonia's professional life, she began to have unexcused absences. I'm assuming those were there were some instances where she was probably a no call, no show. Um she began to negatively seek out attention from those around her, and she did this by fabricating illnesses to gain their sympathy. And on one occasion, she even told her colleagues that her mother had died when the woman was still very much alive.
0: Well, she could have remedied that. She could have, but she didn't.
1: (laughs) Um, I want to address her work history for a moment. Then I'll double back and cover the progression of her mental disorders and talk about the crimes. Um, One thing I wasn't able to determine was whether or not she received (sighs) letters of recommendation from all of her employers before she managed to get another job. If each of the facilities did... Provide a recommendation. It wouldn't surprise me, mainly because that tends to be a pattern we find in medical serial killers. Um, the administration at one facility doesn't want to deal with the because pro- they don't want to deal with the problem any longer, uh, but they don't feel the need to prevent another facility from feeling that burden.
0: Oh gee,
1: I mean we've, we've seen we that once or twice. Hogel, Cullen, Harvey. Let's not get... I mean, it's almost everybody.
0: Yeah. We've we ran into that so many fucking times now. Yeah. Now that
1: it doesn't even shock me It's anymore. the norm now. Yeah. I just go, yeah.
0: well, I saw that one coming.
1: Yeah. A mile away. I was like, look, <laughs> we
0: know that you're murdering people here. And yeah. We did with
1: Wetlawer last year, last yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You, you can't murder people here. Do that shit somewhere else. Here's your letter of yeah. recommendation. Get out Or, here.
1: you know what? We know you're crazy. We know you can't have sex without killing somebody. Here. Here's a bus ticket to San Diego. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, good old Carol Cole.
1: <laughs> I know. You can't beat him, right? So if so, well, wasn't because no, he's dead. Can't beat him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I mean, somebody needs to... people need to watch that YouTube clip where they ask him, you know, about the li- <laughs> about the death penalty right before he got it was like his last interview. And he goes, I don't care. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. If I don't die, I will continue to do this.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, we've been over him a bajillion times. and yeah. I actually had a lot of respect for Carol. Cole.
1: Well, look at Panzerham. He didn't get the death penalty like he wanted, so he made sure he got it.
0: It's <laughs> like, okay, motherfuckers, I'm going to yeah, make sure this is going to I'll kill somebody
1: happen. else, bitch. Um, which I don't agree with, but whatever. <laughs> um,
0: Unless it's my neighbors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if she wasn't provided with any letters of recommendation, the fact that she was able to find a new job quickly, which happens sometimes in her work history, Um, doesn't really shock me either because in addition to the pattern we've seen with the letters of recommendation, we've also noticed that there is a pattern in regards to medical serial killers. Healthcare industries all over the world are understaffed, significantly understaffed. Um, Therefore, potential employers tend to overlook the absence of a recommendation letter, um, and especially if there's no history of patient neglect abuse, or gross negligence and malpractice.
0: You know what I mean? Right, but I think in a lot of industries across the board, it doesn't matter if it's trucking or nurses, doctors, or whatever, we live in the age of technology. Which right. sounds great, right? Well, it takes a little time to get that shit inputted. Sometimes, yeah. And like, well, and in the case of truck drivers, you have, you have your DMV report, but you also have a thing called a DAC report. Oh, I like that look of confusion. Yeah, because I don't know what that is. Most people don't. A DAC report um, there's people that subscribe to DAC, different companies, and if you had, let's say that you had an accident in the yard, like you destroyed a piece of equipment by accident. Oh, okay. That goes on your DAC report. Oh. If you got stuck in the ice and they had to call a tow truck, that's not reportable, it's not going to show up on your DMV report, it's going to show up on your DAC report. Let's say that you abandoned a load. You like got pissed off, and it, I've I've recovered many trucks because of this shit. You know, you fuck you, I'm out of here, and I'm gonna leave your truck on the side of the road. And you flew home, and you feel empowered. Well, that's on your DAC report, dude. And I just this-
1: say you have told me about how you've had to go get a truck or trailer before.
0: I've recovered so many damn trucks and trailers because from people doing stupid shit. So now, well,
1: yeah, because that one time when you called me with our mutual friend, and the thing, you're like, I have to take him down here. Yes, he get a truck.
0: Yeah, we had to recover one from, from yeah. Ben, but um, you know. All that stuff goes on your DAC report. So now you're going to go, and you're like, screw this, I'm going to go apply to this company over here. Okay, they're going to put your DMV report, they're going to do your background check, you know, they're going to make sure everything's lining they're up. They're going to
1: make you take a UA.
0: And then they're going to pull your DAC report, and they're going to go, oh, isn't that, oh, yeah. No, you quit while under a load, and you abandoned it, and they had to recover it.
1: Yeah, that's serious.
0: That's some serious shit, because that yeah. costs money. Yeah,
1: it costs not only the the trucking company money, but it also costs your the people you pick up from and the people you deliver to.
0: Yeah. Everybody has to pay out a shit Everybody. Ton of money. So yeah. yeah. That goes in your DAC report. Wow. But it takes time.
1: Oh, it doesn't go on right away.
0: No. Think about it. Somebody's got to input that oh, information. Yeah. So now you're in an office and you're dealing with a bunch of other shit. Let's say you're in safety. You're dealing with annual inspections, and you're dealing with UAs, and you're dealing with physicals because you got everybody has to have a physical card, making sure that everything's up to date. All your permits are good. Something like the DAC report could go on the back burning. You might not get to it for a month.
1: Oh, see, to update that shit—that's weird. Because when I worked in the for that security company that home, like we did ADT alarms, um, I literally. For the first hour, hour and a half of every day, I dedicated it to updating our employee records. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Because it's like my boss was, I mean, I told you that my boss's wife was a huge accountant, is a huge accountant for Intel. And she was like, no, that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes, I want you to take an hour, hour and a half every day and do that because but that's, we need that.
0: DAC's a little bit different because you have to actually log on to yeah. DAC. Oh, okay. And then get It's not a matter of sure.
1: clicking buttons?
0: No. Oh, wow. Yeah, everything has a login. So, yeah, uh, I can see where the, like, I can see if I were a nurse that had nefarious intentions. So I'm working over at Providence, and I say, ha-ha, I'm a basic bitch. I'm going to use insulin and kill three patients. And then my coworkers are like, hey, Scott, it's really weird. Three patients in a row that weren't diabetic died Yeah, from insulin overdose. Isn't that weird? Hmm. That's pretty damn weird. Were they yeah, my neighbors? Their blood
1: sugar went to like 20.
0: <laughs> were they my neighbors? Weird, Scott. They were your neighbors that they just died. Weirdest, <laughs> How does know, a
1: three-year-old just...
0: die from <laughs> insulin? I don't know. It's a fucking mystery right there Call scooby Do. But, you know, in the meantime, I can be like, okay, they're, they're on to me, so I'm going to go apply to Kaiser. Right. And by the time everything gets inputted, I can already be hired at Kaiser for all you yeah, know.
1: Well, and not just that is your people at Providence... It's probably just your coworkers that notice and not your administrators. Yeah. So your administrators are going to say, oh, no, he was an excellent nurse.
0: It was just fine. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. You know, but even if they're starting an investigation, think of how long of an investigation. They can't just oh, write you up and say, hey, we think that, you know, the suspicion is blah, 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 because that's defamation of character. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they can't say shit. Nobody can say shit oh, yeah. until they actually have proof, proof, proof. Oh, yeah. So now your admin, your, your, your boss comes to you and says, hey. It's awfully bizarre that your neighbors were in here, all three of them, and they all died. Yeah,
1: and only his... one was being seen
0: as a patient.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just and all, exactly. <laughs> and they
0: all they all kicked the bucket. Like that's weird. We think that you're up to some shit, so we're going to start an investigation. It takes months. True, but let's 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 say that they're the ninjas. They're like the cop and that judge in England. Oh God, yes, love them. They are the ninjas of investigation. They are like
1: on it, like blue bonnet.
0: Let's say it only takes them four weeks to prove it. Yeah. Well, in four weeks, now that you've talked to me, I've applied to Kaiser.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: takes like a week to do your background check and all that shit right there. Mm-hmm. I'm three weeks into a brand new job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm gone. I'm here. I'm uh, I'm ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because well, my mom's work, they
1: literally went through a process that if somebody did something wrong, they'd give them a verbal warning. But they would document that they gave them a verbal warning. And then, if it happened again, they would give them a written warning. And if they gave them, I think two or three written warnings, the literally the administrator and the uh, DNS would call them into the office and say, "You know what? We have to investigate this. You're, you know, you taking a three day leave of absence and everything." And everybody knew that was code for we need three days to gather your final check. When you come yeah. back, you're gone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you got time and that's the thing because it's easy and larger like a hospital's a large that's a mm-hmm. large organization, doesn't matter where you're yeah. at. Unless you're in like in like some small South American village where it's you and right. a nurse. A hospital's
1: pretty fucking big. Right. And the company my mom worked for was a huge company that owns and operates a ton of so long term care assisted living and pharmacies.
0: So their admins are all taking their administrators are all taking care of all this other mm-hmm. shit. It's really easy for something that might seem kind of just more time consuming mm-hmm. than not for shit like that to fall through the cracks.
1: Yeah. Just saying. yeah. Well, and it happens even more when the administrator is drinking and misappropriating medications, but let's not go there because <laughs> I'll never forget when that happened at my mom's work.
0: I can do that if I get in the med field.
1: Um, nowadays, not really oh. easy. Yeah. No. You just ruin
0: all my dreams, man. I thought I was yeah. going to be able to get high and drunk at fucking work.
1: Although you can still do it with like narcotics and stuff because you can document that you gave them and you take it out of the med dispense, but then you switch it with an aspirin you have in your purse and people with dementia don't fucking know. I've seen that happen. I have plans. Oh my God. I fucking hate you.
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know. Let's get on with this here. We're pretty far into this um, episode.
1: Where is I? Oh, from the time... Sonya graduated from the nursing program in 1993. She worked um, for, she got a job at the Valdez Hospital located in Como and worked there until 2000, okay? She was a registered nurse in the general surgery, endoscopy, and the first aid departments at that facility. Yeah, so during that time, although her professional life was falling down around her personal life, Oh, no, her professional life, too. Uh, She didn't harm any of her patients. Okay. By the beginning of 1995, her destructive behavior began to manifest. It progressively got worse over the next five years and caught up to her in 2000. That's when the administration department could no longer justify continuing to employ her, and she was relieved of her position for the first time. Um, that position is the only one I could determine a reason for the employment ending. For all the remaining profession uh, positions, I couldn't determine if it was um, whether she left the facility voluntarily or she was terminated as a result of her performance. I just know that she was no longer working there. Um, uh, but then I couldn't find anything until her criminal activity was discovered either. Ah, yeah. There you go. So, after being terminated from Valdu's hospital in 2000, she got a job working at Hospital Sant'Anna, which is the Sant'Anna Hospital where she Are got you her, her Santa nurse.
0: Santa Anna?
1: No, it's S-A-N-T hyphen Anna. Sant'Anna. It's in Italy, dude. It's probably right. Saint Anna.
0: Probably. But Sant.
1: But- you know. Shut up. I know what I'm talking about. It's a romantic language. And I'm I am romantic.
0: Very romantic.
1: No, you are a sexual deviant.
0: <laughs> I'm just
1: saying. Um,
0: <laughs> just thinking about your mom now. Jesus shut Christ. up. <laughs> so
1: that was the hospital, like I said, where she received her training, St. Anna Hospital. Um, she only remained <laughs> employed there until 2001. So from 2000 to 2001. So it was approximately either less than a year or right around a year. Um, upon leaving there in October, 2001, she got hired back at Valdez hospital. However, she only remained there for one month. Um, then from November 2nd to November 13th. So not even two weeks. Um, she got a job at Labutul L L E space B E T U L L E. Um, and she worked at the rest home and clinic located in Appiano Gentile, Italy, and which is another municipality in, Pro, in Como. Um, when she left there, she didn't get another job until 2002, so almost a year. In 2002, there were two different time periods when she worked in the psychiatric department of a nursing home. Um, this nursing home was located in another municipality in Como, and it was called the municipality was called Albis Con Casano. Um, she seems to have another gap in her work history because I couldn't find another job re- record of employment until September of 2003. So um, from September to November of 2003, which is two months um she went back to work at Santa Ana Hospital. Uh this time she was hired to work in the general medicine department. Okay? Um it also appears as if there as if this is where she was working when she began taking the lives of some of her patients. Okay? So not until 2003 and she became a nurse in 93. Okay? So 10 years so later. So 10 years, yeah. Which is odd.
0: She should get like an AA chip for that. I don't... You know, my name's Sonya. No, and it's an pages.
1: ASK chip. ASK Anonymous. Oh, no, SK Anonymous. Serial Killer Anonymous. There you go.
0: Yeah. Um, I've, I I've been a hard. nurse now for 10 years and I haven't killed anybody. Here's your 10-year chip. Yeah, That's dude. a good job, sweetheart. Good job.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, apparently during those two months, a total of eight patients were, who were terminally ill were killed. Um, From my understanding, um, oh, wait, I'll I'll discuss how she killed those patients a little later on. Um, Now, after Sonia leaves Santana Hospital in November 2003, there seems to be another gap in her work history Um, because the next record I found was in September 2004, Mm. so almost a year. Um, So from September... To November 8th of 2004, she got a job at Manzoni Hospital located in Letgo. And Lecco is also a small city along the southeastern shoreline of Lake Como.
0: But she also let go of that job? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, while Sonia worked
1: there? for Manzoni Hospital for two months, it's alleged that she continued murdering people she was supposed to be taking care of. Reports indicate she may have killed approximately 18 of her patients there I'll do my best to address this a little later on okay yeah so now let's double back for a minute um there's that other aspect of Sonia's life when I think is important if things would have been handled appropriately she may never have started killing because she went 10 years without killing anybody in her profession you know what I mean so, um, at some point between when she and her husband got a divorce in 94 and when her employment at Valdez hospital was terminated in 2000, she was seen by a therapist. Um, I was able to determine that she stopped going to her therapy sessions when she was let go in 2000. Okay. Now it seems as if she started going to therapy because she truly hoped it would help her cope with the issues. Um, And I say this because from the reports I found, she divulged everything she was going through to her therapist. Oh, good girl. Yeah, which you need to do.
0: You're supposed to be doing that, yeah. Yeah,
1: she shared her feelings of inadequacy, her lack of self-esteem, her failed marriage, and the dysfunctional relationship she had with her mother. Nice. So when all was said and done, after she shared everything with her therapist, she walked away with a laundry list of issues she had to deal with. Um, This list is the only thing I could that she would walk away with. Her provider determined that Sonia had a histrionic personality disorder and chronic depression. Not only that, but she had an identity problem and difficulty forming relationships. Um, From what I was able to gather after her therapist determined what issues she was having and what mental health conditions she had, they didn't do anything. Um, I couldn't find any indication that they tried to teach her techniques or prescribe medication that would help her. You know, cuz you need coping techniques. Oh yeah. Yeah, my therapist would always give me coping techniques. Um Oh, I got it. Um there came a time when she managed her social relationships in a rather unorthodox way. She doesn't engage with other p- others because she has a determination to make a change and develop healthy relationships and possibly build a support system. Yeah. Um, she began to develop relationships as a means to adapt to her surroundings. Um, that's to say that she lacked anything that resembled emotional compass. Okay. Add to that her lack of self esteem and her negative outlook in general. She had a recipe for disaster. Um, I believe if she would have been able to receive the therapy she needed, then perhaps she would have been able to find a coping technique that wouldn't negatively affect her life. And she's, instead, she coped by resorting to things that were familiar to her. She tapped into her histrionic behavior. Depending on what Sonia felt in it, the situation, or what Sonia felt the situation required, she took on one of three roles with her supervisors and colleagues. Um, the first role was, she was the devoted employee and co-worker that everyone could depend on. Mm-hmm. Okay? that Or, she was the workplace comedian, which you are. Um so that's people can depend every, on her for a healthy laugh.
0: That's me in every well, yeah, aspect of my life. Well, yeah, you and I talked
1: about it. We don't take life seriously. If you take life seriously, you're
0: fucked. Well, and here's the reason, just for our listeners. I've actually I've died twice um, from from overdoses. Yeah. Um, and that still didn't get me clean. I just you know got clean on my own way later. But you know when when you've endangered your own life so many goddamn times over stupid shit. Yeah. You got to look at the world and go, you know what? I'm going to enjoy every goddamn minute of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every minute. Of it. I no. mean,
1: I've never overdosed or died. Um, but um I started making a bucket list a long time ago. And my friend who died in the car says, she goes, do you plan on dying soon? I'm like, no, I don't want to die saying I wish I would have. Oh, I exactly. want to die saying I did everything I could in my lifespan.
0: That's why I drink great wine. And I fucking eat good food, and I believe in great sex, not this mediocre. See, I
1: think it's funny that all that has nothing to do with, oh, I want to visit here, or oh, I want to see this, or oh, I world. want to do this.
0: I've traveled the world. I've been to every place to except for like Australia and maybe a few countries. Antarctica? I mean, yeah, I haven't been to Antarctica. I haven't been to the Poles, <clears throat> you know, like North or South Pole or anything like that. Oh, I was thinking. No, I've been to Poland. <laughs> I was gonna um, say, really? <laughs> but... Uh,
1: Did you tell Polak jokes there? I should have. You should have. That
0: would have been awesome. We don't have enough Polak jokes in this world.
1: We don't anymore.
0: But, um, you know, I've I've traveled. I've skydived. I've scuba dived. um, Rock climbed. Uh, I've lived an adventurous life.
1: It's been a good run.
0: You know, uh, there's very few things. You've had
1: that ability. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of envious of you because you've done a lot of shit that's on my bucket list.
0: I've had a very blessed life. Yeah. And I've talked talked
1: with you about doing it with me and you're like, no, I've already done it. It's like, so what? I don't give a shit.
0: You don't want to have sex with that elephant. I keep on telling you, man, that hurts. I will
1: never want to have sex with an elephant. I love elephants. I want to pet elephant.
0: I bet you do want to pet an elephant. Heavy petting.
1: I've ridden an elephant before.
0: Oh, goddamn! Did it hurt him? No, because I was
1: really, that's before I had my surgery. I was like ginormous. And I said, I said to the guy, I said, is there a weight limit? He goes, it's an elephant. And I'm like, oh,
0: okay. That's a good point, man. It's an yeah. elephant—the thing—weighs like what, like nine tons or some shit. Like, yeah, that? yeah, they just stupid really don't like fucking, that. Yeah, your five hundred pound ass ain't gonna do shit to it. It's gonna be like that's like
1: I only weighed four sixty at my heaviest, bitch.
0: You're like, you know, the elephant's like that's a toenail. <laughs> that's what yeah. you are. You're like, Dude, a toenail. you're like my foot. Yeah, exactly. But they yeah.
1: are so gentle. Um, and then the third role she took on was a victim of whatever tragedy had befallen her, and oh tragedies God. in quotes.
0: I dated a chick. Every week, she had two things that was going to just, her life was over. And it was stupid shit. I won't mention her name. Um, Okay, her name was Tammy.
1: Shut up. No, I'm serious. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I know who you're, I was going to say, you never dated me.
0: Um, And every week, it was something like, oh my God, my life is over. she would be on the phone. Okay, what happened? This ugly guy looked at me and said, hi. And I'm like, ew, you're gross. Oh. My life is over. Really? That's what's going to end your life, huh?
1: <laughs> i just that's funny because I had literally a homeless person in New Orleans tell me how hot I was. He goes, "I know you're fine,
0: but you know," uh, I was nothing, like, "Oh my god, you just hit on me." Nothing is going to seriously end my life. In the grand scheme, like seriously, a homeless person could come over and teabag me, and while that's disgusting, I'm like, I need to get some shots and go see the doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, not that's that fucking, dramatic. That's, yeah, that's, that's that's disgusting. Yeah, I, I, mean,
1: I even in Portland, I was walking down the sidewalk in Portland over there in the bus district, you know, and somebody literally walked up to me and says, "You got any Vicodin?" I'm like, "Really?
0: <laughs> Are you the Vicodin Vic- Vic- like, salesman?"
1: know me but yeah that is not going to end my life
0: i had a fat chick yell at me in a bar because i didn't want to buy her i told a you not
1: to talk about this anymore no i'm
0: <laughs> no, I was sitting there with some of my friends this is a few years back and we're drinking we're having a good time and she goes hi my name is donna I'm, hey donna how's it going so i keep on talking to my friends you know i think that you should come over to my table with me no i'm not really interested i'm sorry i'm just hanging out with my friends you can't handle all i've got going on and now i'm getting pissed you're right because i don't have a heavy equipment operator's <laughs> license
1: no you. and didn't. you're like a
0: cabelco that's what you are no
1: you didn't oh yeah
0: she, you're a fucking ass like she tries to slap me a few times and i'm just kind of moving like whatever there chumbo. and uh she put it well pissed off did
1: she have more chins in a chinese full book? Oh, she that's an did. easy East reference. By the way, people, I'm not being mean.
0: If if she was hauling ass, she'd have to make three trips.
1: <laughs> did she have more ass than a pack of mules?
0: She had like my <laughs> ass is big, but
1: your ass is flat, but okay.
0: Hers could eat a whole town, like seriously,
1: more than Tokyo. Like,
0: like if she's in. All I, of Japan. I heard that like a, a family of Asians disappeared at Disneyland. Pretty sure she was there. She dropped something, and they ran into her, never to be found again.
1: Oh my god! Like that meme where that fat lady sits on the chihuahua. Yes, and can't find her dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that was it right there. And i got nothing against fat people. I'm a fat person myself. It was just, a, I, I found her rude. It was her
1: attitude. Yeah. It was her, yeah,
0: totally her fucking attitude. Yeah. I wouldn't have said shit if she would have said, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, hey, if you change your mind, you know, come over here and we can hang yeah. out or, or something. Like that. I'm a, okay, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. You know, but she's sitting there trying to pressure me into coming over like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you all this sexiness. And that is the least sexy thing in the world. Like yeah, you know, I'm just there to fucking chill with my friends, man. Yeah, drink some beer, you know, and you know, do man shit. Like, cause,
1: well, yeah. And if you're lucky, I might stop by your table and give you my number on my way out and be like, hey, you know.
0: Yeah, because and it's happened to me before. Like, where that's happened with uh, some of the girls I've dated in the past that were especially the models, is you know,
1: you'll be there with your friends. I'll be
0: at parties because yeah. uh, I, I have a I have a way to pick up on the hottest I chick. I know you think. told me. You know, and maybe by the end, I'm sitting there going, you know what? She seemed like really nice. Let me go talk to her. Hey, how's it going, man? Sorry, I was hanging out with my friends. Let's, cha- let's exchange numbers and, you know, yeah. let's, let's talk. But no, this chick here, I don't make fun of fat people, but this fat bitch here could fuck off and die.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I get it totally because, you know, I mean, there's been some times when I just am not interested in somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, it's like we're not vibing. But then right. it's like they get all offensive and shit, and it's like, right? You, have you never had somebody say, "I don't vibe with you"?
0: Yeah, and it, like I said, really you had no one hit. It was just it was her total fucking attitude. And by, like I said, by the end of the night, that could have changed for me. Yeah. I could have had a couple of beers in me and go, you know what? She seemed really nice. Let me go talk to this Donna check because that was her name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go hey, you know, let's just change numbers because yeah, for me when it comes to dating. Weight means very, very little. I mean, don't get me wrong. If she's uh, TFTF, which is too fact to fuck.
1: Yeah, there are some of those.
0: You know, and I'm looking at, going, mm, I got some dick, but that yeah, looks like a plumbing a job. Feeder.
1: I mean, you're a chubby chaser, but not a feeder.
0: Oh, yeah. No, totally yeah. not a feeder. When you're looking at a chick going, hey, man, I want to lay some pipe. That looks like a whole construction project I ain't got a crew for. <laughs> and you gotta go, ah, got to go Got ah, back out of that one.
1: <laughs> got to use some flowers to find out where.
0: I'm going to have to call in a whole construction crew for that one to lay any so um, bite. Jesus Christ. I'm going to burn in hell for this shit. You That's what's going to happen. I,
1: some of our listeners are going to fucking
0: murder no, you. No, because, you know, I've, I've been with you're some are going to go chicks. to
1: anywhere in the country or across the world, and they'll be like, uh, you're not allowed here.
0: Oh, exactly. I'm probably banned from every country now. But, um, no, I, I've, I've dated some chicks that, that were, you know, that were overweight. And because, like I said, I'm a big guy myself. And, and it's been great because they had good attitudes and, and we right. had a good time and we got along. But attitude is everything, man. This bitch here had a fucking nasty attitude. That sucks. So yeah. I don't even know why we got off on this fucking tangent. I need,
1: well, because we were talking about victims.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. So. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, poor me. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. People get fucking offended at bullshit. Yeah.
1: She didn't care if they gave her accolades for a job well done, laughed <laughs> uproariously at her latest story or joke or showed her compassion for some tragic event or another. She wasn't picky as long as someone paid attention to her and temporarily filled that hollow void, okay? So when her actions were no longer able to fill that void, even temporarily, she adapted until she did. I believe she got to the point in her life where no matter what she did in an attempt to fill her void, nothing helped. Talk for a minute.
0: You no, know, that kind of It makes We've seen this actually. what was it, last week or the week before that? That we saw the same thing, that uh, in order... Oh, God. It was a male doctor, too. God damn it. Um, Patois? Was it Patois that... that felt? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, hey, everybody should give me accolades, no matter what I do, because I do such a great job. And then yeah, he's they... the
1: one that fricking said what? he had all these credentials and didn't.
0: Well... I'm thinking of one that when he quit getting the accolades from the pat on the back, that's when he said, "Okay, I'm going to show you that I'm the greatest fucking nurse ever." Swango. Was well, Swango? That was it. And now I'm going to fucking I'm going to you know bring people back to life mm-hmm. like like I'm Superman yeah, or and some that was bullshit. Too. Right? Yeah. Hogel was a shipment was kind of like that too. So a lot of them, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hang on.
0: They got this thing to prove to the world, yeah, that. Honestly, you don't need to prove shit. Uh, this is my PSA for today's episode. Yeah, just
1: do a good job, and people will notice.
0: My dad put it the best. Because my dad, while him and I didn't quite get along, uh, well... Didn't see we, we, eye to eye. Didn't quite see eye to eye. He taught me my work ethic, so I, I, have, I have to give it up to him. But he always said this right here, and this is why i not tooting my own horn, excel at everything I do. He looked at me all the time and said, boy... It doesn't matter if you pick up dog shit in the park. Be the best dog shit Mm picker-upper that there is, because there's a reason. I remember looking at him the first time. Why is that, Daddy? And he said, well, if you're the best dog shit picker-upper, you don't have to say a word about your work. Somebody's going to notice. And then pretty soon, you're the supervisor of the dog shit picker-uppers now. You're still picking up dog shit, but now you're supervising a crew. you got a little responsibility.
1: You ain't picking up as much.
0: But pretty soon, you're going to be the guy who schedules the mm-hmm. dog shit picker uppers. And if you do great at that job, then you're the superintendent. You don't even go to the park anymore. You just handle mm-hmm. the day-to-day operations. You don't even have to see or smell dog shit. Other people are doing that for well, you. Well, and
1: that's why you have kind of, you know, progressed in your jobs mm-hmm. very, very quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I believe that... I need to be number one. This is sound like I'm egotistical, but it's it's not the case. I oh, mean, no. Folks, I know I, what I really you're don't, saying I, I, I don't have a huge ego. I swear to God. No. I bit. believe that I need to be the best at whatever mm-hmm. I do, even if seriously, if I had to pick up oh, yeah. dog shit. Like, even when I was on work crew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not you're not even getting paid. Yeah, I'm not even getting paid for it. But when we were, like, uh, you know, mowing lawns, mm-hmm. picking up debris, um... Tearing down fucking homeless camps or whatever mm-hmm. they had us doing. I organized people. Oh, yeah. Because I look at the situation. You know, okay, guys, gather around. We all don't want to work very hard, but we want to get all this shit done quick, right? So let's do it this way right here. If and we
1: work together.
0: some of the uh, One of the crew chiefs hated my guts because oh, yeah. I did that because he expected us all to have to sweat and make everything twice as hard. And that's not me. I look at things and go, okay, wait a minute, there's an easier way to do this where we all get a lot of rest. It's really not working hard. We're not going to have to bust our ass, but everything gets done quicker. Yeah. You know, um, that's just, I got that from my dad, though.
1: Well, I agree with you because my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, was a huge influence in my life. And I really regret the fact that I lost him when I was so young because I was 13. Um, But he taught me that. No matter what you do, do it better, Mm -hmm. you know, because he would show us how to do something and I would do it exactly how he showed us, but it wasn't good enough. And I go, but grandpa, this is how you show me. He goes, you should have found a better way. You know, that works. Instead of doing it 100 percent, do it 110, 120.
0: That works sometimes. But like for protocols for like building stages and shit like that, uh, part of my company, um, there's a protocol for a reason. Oh, yeah. Because it, it saves me. I've learned it saves me money. And it but keeps if up somebody from finds hurt. a
1: better way to do it, but still gets it done the right way, don't you accept that? Oh, yeah. Especially
0: yeah. if they come to me and say, hey, I got a better way to do this shit. Because I don't, I don't know everything. I really yeah. don't. I barely. I, I don't know shit. I'll admit yeah, that. My, I don't know jack yeah, shit. Yeah, my
1: grandpa taught me to be the best you can be at whatever you do.
0: To join the army, and <laughs> I told my—I
1: mean, I told my son that as well. It's like you know what you, because my son is a big kid. I said you will never be the fastest one out there, you know. But if you are the best one in your position, <coughs> that means a lot, <coughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, um anyways, where was I? Um, okay. Nothing, okay, so no matter what she did um, in an attempt to fill her void, nothing was helping it towards the end. The void wouldn't be filled again until she started going to work knowing people's lives were literally in her hands. Um, that's because Sonia was alone. So, because Sonia alone was the one who decided whether one of her patients would be allowed to live or die. On any given day. Shit. So, or whether they would take their last breath because she felt <laughs> it was their time to die. I would imagine that when somebody feels like they are making God's decision, that feels a need within them.
0: Right. That's it's very empowering.
1: Yeah, very much so.
0: If you're a nurse, by the way, we already think that you're gods. Like, for real, please don't kill us. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I love nurses, man. And <laughs> n- 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 not in the pervy way. Well, no, yeah. I have loved nurses in the pervy way, but like, if I go to the doctor, mm-hmm. like my doctor, she's fine. Yeah, Those nurses, I rely on them because they know their well, shit. Well, because they're
1: direct patient care.
0: Oh, shit, yeah, mm-hmm. man. I will kiss. and I, A nurse can look at me and say, you're a scumbag, motherfucker. I hate your guts. I mean, I'll kiss your ass still. Why? You're in charge of my life, motherfucker. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as <laughs> the months progressed, Sony's mental state continued to deteriorate. The pathological behavior she employed to get attention was also becoming more and more extreme. And it all came to a head on August 4th, 2002. On that day, she wanted to put an end to all of her suffering. Um, Granted, when it comes to serial killers we feature I'm usually in the fence when it comes to suicide attempts. For instance, Charles Cullen. Right. I don't think he truly wanted to commit suicide. Because if he did, he would have accepted the death penalty. Oh, totally. I think that his attempts were made... In an effort to get attention.
0: As I was gonna say, that's, it's a cry for help. That's what the yeah. fuck that is. Yeah. And, that, and I'm going to go with every suicide attempt that he had because he had them in the military, he had them prior to mm-hmm. the military, he had them after the military. Um, well,
1: and some people don't even do it for a cry, as a cry for help. They do it because they want that attention. They just, you know what I mean? Because it fills the void inside yeah. of them. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. However, um, oh. However, when, with Sonia and this first attempt, I truly believe she wanted to kill herself. Obviously, she wasn't successful, um, but she didn't try taking a handful of pills, using a gun, or jumping from a building. She, on August 4th, 2002, she drove her car head-on into a brick wall at uh, Salida Copacchini, located in Como.
0: Holy like, shit. Head
1: on into a brick wall. And they said that she was like going the speed limit. She didn't even try to break.
0: That all kind of makes sense. So you have a history of depression. Mm-hmm. You have this... Kind of tenuous, messed up relationship mm-hmm. with your mom, and plus your mom's kind of instilled in you already that your life is never going to be great. Oh yeah, and that it's more acceptable to feel right and like she you're sees let her down. Professional
1: and personal, like falling down around her, right? Which
0: confirms what your mom said. Mm-hmm. It, it totally confirms that. Hey, yeah, my life's never going to be great because mm-hmm. you know it's just like mom said. You know, you can never be happy, and I got and I need to be sad every fucking day. See, yeah, that that's just. That, that adds to that depression, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, no, I I think that she's like, she's the real deal.
1: Yeah, she totally wanted and to And she was going to go
0: out in the blaze of glory, mm-hmm. which that I respect, dude. If you're going to do it, well, fuck it, she was going to do it right. Well, when
1: running your car head on into a brick wall, you either <laughs> die or maimed or nothing happens. Fuck you me. know what I mean? Without so even she risked the brake. being a paraplegic.
0: I'm a brave motherfucker, okay? I've, you and I were talking before, one of the things I used to like to do was actually free dive with uh, great white sharks I would love to outside do that. of a cage, mm-hmm. um, which is terrifying but exhilarating but at the same time. But they
1: won't do anything to you if – you know what I mean?
0: Sharks bite metal for a reason. Whenever you see a shark biting like a propeller Isn't or Isn't it kind sh- of because it's shiny? No. Electric shock. Oh. Uh, all metal kind of – and they're trying to figure out what it is. So when they're biting a cage, they're not concerned with you. Yeah. They know that there's a fish in there because you got a bucket of chum with you. Yeah. But uh, they're they're biting the cage to figure out, hey, can I eat this? Because to to sharks, mm-hmm. the great whites, we're garbage. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to eat us. We yeah, because they take well. a
1: bite out of us and then they go away. They don't eat us.
0: Yeah. They, they you know, people lose limbs and stuff because, especially surfers, because they look like a fucking oh, seal.
1: Chunks out of their motherfucking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: well, yeah, because they have that fin on their surfboard. Everything.
0: But I'm, I'm a brave motherfucker. I don't think that I could take my car, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't say my beautiful truck out there because I can't even fathom doing that to my truck. But, yeah. uh, you know, I can't imagine taking my car and racing it into a fucking brick wall at the speed limit at 55 miles an hour, at 35 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Even at 25. Five. Yeah. Oh, no, I yeah, can't. No, no. I'm no. not that brave. Uh-uh. No.
1: And we've seen it, like, people trying to get away from carjackers and shit that will run head-on into a tree or oncoming traffic. Oh, she, Because yeah. they feel like that's the only way they can get away or they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So um, That's why I
0: carry guns. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: so when that attempt didn't give her the results she wanted, she became even more depressed. Over the next two years, she would make three more attempts to take her own life. Now, I wasn't able to determine how she tried to commit suicide, the other three times, but I have a theory. there were a couple reports that indicated Sonia had wounds or marks on her arm that appeared to be self inflicted. I figured that these scars could possibly be the result of her cutting her wrists, either that or she had become a cutter as a way to alleviate the pain, which we've seen before too, and those are people who are serious Oh, yeah that's not something that you just do to get attention right um. Sony didn't start killing her patients, and she'll, she went back to work at Santa Ana Hospital in September 2003. She allegedly picked up again, and she allegedly picked up again when she began working at Monzoni Hospital at the following year. Now, therefore, there was only a four-month period where she took the life of at least eight patients, of at least eight patients, because those are the ones that have been confirmed at the first hospital. To a month, okay. Yeah. However... No, that would average out to one a week. There's approximately nine weeks from September oh, 1st to November. Never mind.
0: Never mind. I, got, I don't know where my brain went.
1: Yeah, so it's like one a week in that first hospital. However, that number could be as high as 32 because of the shit. other 18 patients. Oh, yeah, I 8 that, to 32.
0: Yeah. I'll give that it to that, okay. you. In,
1: that's indicating that 32 patients died in a matter of four months, not to mention if she did in fact, murdered that many patients, there was an increase in her frequency in that short time period. We know that she murdered eight patients from September to November. That indicates an average she killed one patient a week while she took care of others who were ill as well. So that's only eight patients in her caseload. That's not very many, honestly. When you look at it, it's not like 95% Hogle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No shit, huh? Okay. So yeah, she's keeping the numbers low.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And according to the reports and documentations I found, she didn't begin working at Manzoni Hospital until September 2004. I wasn't able to determine what day. So for the sake of argument, let's say September 1st.
0: Okay. Fair enough.
1: So with that assumption, it's safe to say that she worked at Manzoni Hospital for approximately two months or nine weeks. Um, During that two-month period, she allegedly took the life of 18 patients. So there are a little more than nine weeks from September 1st to November 8th. And she murdered 18 patients. She it's averaging around two kills a week by that point. Damn busy so girl. Within this two-month period, she killed one a week. And then in another two-month period, with nothing in between, she kills two a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. no, it, it, it makes sense.
1: But that was a very fast progression, too.
0: It is, but think about everything that this lady is going through. True. She's got the deep depression. She's got everything her mom programmed her with. She's watching her professional career that she worked very hard to get. True. Fall apart. She's got a lot and I'm not condoning what she did. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's truly fucked up. But this is how she found the relief from that pain. Yeah. It's it's fucked, but it's just it is what it is. True.
1: No, truly. Um, keep in mind, according to the report, Sonia wasn't working between November 2003 to September 2004. So for a year, she had a cooling-off period. Um, Although killing one patient a week to two isn't a huge escalation in terms of serial killing in general. Um, However, um, the frequency in which she killed, we just talked about, you know, it rivals some of our more depraved killers. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. some of our I mean, our regular killers that we feature on any other day of the week. That's a huge escalation, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like she's almost declining. Um, From the reports I found, I had to piece some of this together. Um, It appears as if Sonia decided on a killing method after a failed suicide attempt. I know everyone's been waiting for this part However, I want to say one more thing before I get into how she dispatched her patients, because I know you're waiting for it, because I told you it was epic. When it comes to everything I've learned from studying medical serial killers in general, there are usually two motivations involved. They kill their patients in an effort to be more superior compared to their colleagues, because they want to be the best. Or they kill because they have a desire to have power and control over people. Right. Um, We have found some that do it for motivational I mean, for financial gain, like hazard. However, in the past, we pointed out in the past, that's a rare in the grand scheme of things. They really don't do it for financial gain. And
0: some do it just because they can. And I was trying to think, it just popped out of my pocket. Uh, Colin was like that. Colin really did it just because he could because remember he said I this is why I think that cause I was gonna it,
1: say yeah because he had like four different excuses within yeah, a
0: four minute period I, I I wanted to keep my patients from having to suffer yeah I love to see my patients suffer and you know plotting I don't it remember out. what I did yeah I don't remember what I did and all kind of, yeah, yeah he did it let's just break that down to brass tacks
1: you did it because you wanted. You
0: wanted to, to do. You you yeah. wanted these motherfuckers to well, die. I think it
1: was that power and control he had over who lived and who died.
0: Yeah, I guess I just I, I think that he just I think he just decided, fuck it, it's this dude, I don't care. It's just fucking just because yeah. he liked doing it.
1: Yeah,
0: you know. And I really wish some serial killers would honestly come forward and, and actually say that. Look, here is the reason why I am killing motherfuckers. Because mm-hmm. I like killing. Yeah. There you go. I'd be like, I would respect that. I'd be like, dude.
1: Yeah, I like playing guitar. I get it.
0: Yeah, but totally I get it. I collect vintage
1: guitars. You collect patients. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, I collect vintage guitars. You collect victims. I get where you're coming mm-hmm. from. You know, like I have a pens collection. You have people's be ears. Be the best
1: damn serial killer. You can- Just kidding, people.
0: <laughs> I think they should. If you're going to be a serial killer, because we're not going to be able to stop a serial killer. Oh, no. Be the best one that there is. Don't be a basic bitch.
1: But don't be a notorious one because we want to feature you.
0: That's true. And if you're arguing with him, fly camera, under camera. the
1: radar for us
0: and send us emails. Yeah, That'd letting nice. us know. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. definitely send us emails. Oh,
1: I have that link we got to share on Wednesday. Don't forget.
0: Link for what?
1: That kid that we saw in the restaurant, that news report from Renton.
0: Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll
1: read it when we do our thingy on Wednesday. But um, I don't, as far as Sonia's concerned, I don't feel as if those three motivations apply to her situation. An argument could be made that she developed a God p- complex and enjoyed making the decision of who lived and who died.
0: No, I'm not even going to uh, uh, Yeah, I that. don't
1: think that that was her motivation. I strongly I strongly feel that her motivation to murder was an effort for her to fill the void she felt within herself. She could no longer um, fill that void by inflicting pain on herself, so she wanted others to feel pain too. Right, because
0: with her depression her having that bad self-esteem, mm-hmm. that low self-esteem, I don't think that she would develop a God complex... At no. all, only because
1: she doesn't have that confidence. Yeah,
0: in, in order to have a god complex, you have to think that you are above people, mm-hmm. and she doesn't. Yeah, no, she thinks that with her world falling apart and the programming, that she's lower. <laughs> she's lower than than yeah. fucking than goose shit.
1: Yeah, like I said, I think she went from hurting herself to hurting others to get relief. It was yeah. no longer helping to hurt herself, so let <laughs> me hurt others so they can feel what I'm feeling.
0: Right, exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: So, um. In September 2003, she was once again working in a hospital. From the descriptions of that facility I found in some reports, I became depressed myself just reading it. Um, Santa and a Hospital seemed to be a sea of gray inside. You know, grayness that didn't reflect the beauty that could be found outside because I hear that that area is beautiful. You know, so it's like you're going into work or you're a patient there and all you see is this gray overcast, you know, because people get depressed in the winter, you know. So, working in that environment day after day, it's no wonder that her depression intensified. Um, the level of depression she sunk to had sunk to another critical point one day. From what I could gather, she didn't go to work that day to start killing people. She walked in the doors to begin her shift with every intention to attempt suicide before she was to clock out. Okay? Okay. At some point during her shift, she entered the medical supply closet and grabbed a syringe. She didn't fill that syringe with the medication. She just wanted the syringe. Once she had that syringe, she pulled the plunger back and placed the needle in her arm, and she tried to inject air into her veins.
0: Can I put something in there? I'm sorry. I would have done it sooner But I was chewing on some grits um, because we had grits for breakfast. Um, The color thing is actually what you said is accurate because you ever wonder why when you go into a cop shop, and you're in an interrogation room. Oh,
1: it's so depressing.
0: It's a pastel usually.
1: Yeah, but it's Pastelier, still like it's annoying and like,
0: but you never see vibrant colors like a vibrant red, a vibrant blue. No There's a reason because it, it actually activates specific receptors in your brain. Mm-hmm. Like pastel colors. You will you, You'll be calm. I, I'm trying to think. Cause I, God damn it. I read the study about this too. I gotta go back to college in my brain. Um, with pastel colors, you can actually muster up as much strength as you can when you're looking at something vibrant, like a vibrant red or a green or, you know, really primary, primary colors that aren't pastel.
1: Yeah, pastel- like neon and sh- shit like that. Right. Yeah.
0: You, can, you can get more. It, it, it causes, if you're naturally aggressive, more aggression.
1: Okay.
0: And helps with your strength. Okay. But if you're walking into a room that's pastel blue, pastel pink, something like that. Or
1: gray. Or, or
0: gray. It's disarming. It actually, it, 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 it affects your brain differently.
1: Wow, that's weird.
0: Yeah, I was just trying to, because we did we, we had to do a whole report on this shit. But, you know, I've been out of college fucking ever. Yeah, um, we're
1: old as fuck. Yeah,
0: I'm old as shit, man. Yeah. But, yeah, that's I, I wanted to throw that in there, but like I said, I was eating my grits.
1: That, you know, but that makes sense, you know, because yep. they talk about how, you know, people with, like, beige walls, you know what I mean? They tend to feel...
0: We can actually do this as an experiment. You and I can arm wrestle, and we can have one side of a, of a piece of paper that has a, a like a vibrant color, and the other one pastel, and I'll bet you every time that I'm looking at the pastel, you can win. You yeah. probably can't anyway, because you're a Sasquatch. I'd have but. to do it
1: with my left hand, because my right arm is all fucked up, but yeah. Fuck off. You need to watch the latest episode of The Book of Bobo Fett. I fucking hate you. Uh, I'm so glad we are not recording this. That was gross as fuck. (laughs) um, Yeah, the last episode of Book of Boba Fett, because you will laugh so hard. But anyways, um, she tried to inject air into her veins because she knew an air embolism would ensure her death.
0: Yeah, if you get enough air in there.
1: And this turned out to be another failed suicide attempt on Sonia's part, because even though she thought she had injected the air into her vein, she missed the vein. Oh, she's got an atapist tissue. She only managed to inject the air subcutaneously, and therefore she wasn't able to commit suicide or cause any pain.
0: And it hurt like a motherfucker.
1: Well, they say that even air subcutaneously doesn't hurt as bad. I mean, it hurts, but not as bad.
0: Damn, because I've gotten a little bit, I've gotten an air bubble when I was on insulin. Because you have to put it in adipose tissue. Oh yeah, but and, that's an
1: adipose tissue. It's not just right under oh, well, the skin. Oh well,
0: yeah, that's true. I just know that fucking that little air bubble hurt like a motherfucker.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. So, um, the effort did, however, give her an idea. I don't know how or why she made the leap from trying to kill herself to actually killing her patients. But what I know is that every patient she murdered, she did so by taking a syringe and injecting air into their veins so that they would die of an air embolism. For those who don't know, this is said to be an excruciatingly painful way to die. Although her first attempt at using this killing method was on herself. Um, When that didn't prove successful, she made a decision to repeat the effort on her patients. Over the next several weeks, she approached her chosen victims with a syringe filled with air. And only on these occasions, she made sure that she hit a vein and the quantity of air she injected was more than enough to get results.
0: Okay, this goes out to you, Miss Sonia. Honestly, I respect you.
1: Either, hey, you know what? She's not a basic bitch.
0: And I was going to say, man, you didn't use arsenic. You you no, know, I don't respect the fact insulin. that she used
1: such a painful way, but at the same time, I respect the fact that she was innovative.
0: And everybody knows that, you know, uh, if you get air into your veins that you die. Oh, yeah. So, And it's classic. It's it's very classic. Very classic well, way to go. Well, a of
1: air we find out, I find out later, doesn't really kill you. It, it causes been. a lot of pain. Right. But a significant, a lot of air. A lot of air well, yeah. Will fucking kill you. And I'll get into how.
0: So this is, it, it's classic, but mm-hmm. yet well underused. Mm-hmm. You know what? I like this girl. Yeah, me too. You know what? I know you killed a lot of people, but yeah. kudos. kudos. Seriously, Sonya, I'm not even fucking with you right now, sweetheart. Like, seriously, kudos. It's that classic move. Yeah. And you're not a basic bitch. Yeah. But you do need to eat a burger, because if you're all anorexic and shit, I can't date you. Fatten me yeah, up a little bit. I can't date
1: skinny people, because you know what, motherfucker? If I take you out to eat, you're going to eat.
0: Matter of fact, you need to come over to my house there, sweetheart. Um, as soon as you get out of prison I will feed you some grits and gravy A little bit of eggs on there
1: You know even your instant grits were good I, I love Well you're, you're Georgia so
0: <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to have to boil grits For fucking like two hours or some shit
1: Yeah well you had the time
0: I did I've been up since butt crack of I slept in though I slept in until five o'clock in the morning
1: You know what And I, I was going to say this when Because you, you came in and woke me up And I really liked the week Because you, you went Squatchy poo And you kind of touched my arm And to wake me up My son will grab my leg And I will jump sky high
0: People can't do that to me. I got a little bit of PTSD going on. Well, yeah, and, me too. Uh,
1: and a lot of people have been hit. Yeah. Depending on where they grab me. Yeah. I,
0: I almost killed my ex-wife, number two, because she did that. Oh, really? She was warned. You just don't do that. And she came in and grabbed my shoulder after a nap. She said, hey, Scotty. And I didn't see her. I saw something totally different, and I grabbed her by the throat, flipped her over me, and I was getting ready to kill her.
1: Uh, and then you, like, dawned on you then was. It, my
0: brain <laughs> clicked on I went, Oh, fuck. It's my bad. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've hit people. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, so, you know, it doesn't matter which hospital I've been to, whether it is as a patient or a visitor. Um, I always get that same feeling. You always get, a, I get a feeling of loneliness and fear.
0: Well, yeah, it's you scary, know? man.
1: Yeah, when I think about my, why someone would be in a hospital, I'm not surprised. You know, they're either there because they're sick and nobody comes to see them, or B, they're there because they're sick and they think they're going to die.
0: Yeah, most of the time. I mean, a few times I've been in the hospital, it was the opposite of everything you just said, because I had too many people come to visit me, and I'm like, motherfuckers, leave me alone.
1: Oh, yeah. I've had that before, and too. I knew
0: it wasn't going to die, but I was sitting there, I'd rather die than have all you people in my room. Yeah. I just want to lay here, watch a little <laughs> bit of TV. If uh, if the meds start wearing off, I want to have a little happy, happy, joy, joy time with myself, a little, a little self-care, a little self-love.
1: Oh, you want to be like a Bobby Long there? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do a little little, you know, tuck and pull, tuck and pull, have a good little time. Well,
1: it, what's really funny about that, because when I was really active in the church, I had two back surgeries within the same year. And for both of those, the pastor and his wife came in and prayed over to me, make sure I had a safe surgery, blah, blah, blah. And you know how I am about my feet. You oh, yeah. know how I am about my feet. Oh, yeah. Um, every time. And he, he didn't really know, because we weren't on that personal level. His wife kind of knew, but she didn't say anything. Um, every time he was done, he would grab my foot and like, you'll be all right. And it's like, my best friend finally told him after the second time, she goes, uh, you can't be doing that because that puts more fear in her than anything because she hates her feet being touched. And it's true. I'd be like, oh my God, he just touched his feet. I'm going to fucking throw up.
0: Oh my God. you know, So I go through this anxiety <laughs> thing. Right, hold on. I got a story for for the listeners and you. I haven't even shared with you. Am I going to throw up? No. So I'm in the hospital. It was quite a while ago. It's probably about 15 or so years ago it was, it was, a, it was a waste and uh, the nurse who would come and check on me her and I had been flirting with each other so I'm getting ready I'm going to go out with her after I'm out of the hospital right and she's got a good sense, she has a sick sense of humor she comes in and I go hey Jackie and I whipped back my sheets and I had a hard on without missing a beat she looked at me and said Scott and pulled the pencil out and just tapped the side of my dick like not even hard just boop and my pecker went brrrr. Wah, wah, wah. Game over! Oh. oh my god, you killed my dick! What the fuck's wrong with you? She's, yeah, I don't want to see your dick while you're in the hospital. All right, I'm out of here. Bye. Oh. You, you're leaving, and you, you killed Captain Happy. Um, we got a problem here. And I did manage to get hard-ons after that, but that freaked me out. It's so small. attempt, like it was a, like it was a magic wand.
1: That's good
0: to know.
1: Well, you told me about the time you were peeing when your son was little, and he, like, poked your nuts, oh and you, God. like, stopped peeing.
0: I'll tell our listeners that, and then we'll get back on track, because this is already getting to be a long episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you're almost done, right?
1: Kind of, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: So, i was teaching my son how to pee. And as a guy, you guys know this, you take your son in, and we go oh, yeah. to the bathroom, and you both pee together. And so, every time he had to go pee, he would sit there and go, Daddy, I gotta pee. And I'd go into, uh, we're living in Bend, we'd go into the bathroom that was in the main living area, and we'd pee together. So, I'm peeing. Things are good. He looks over and he poked me in my left nut. And there's like a I didn't know this at the time, and I haven't been able to find the medical proof of it, but apparently on me there's a shut off button. <laughs> like not even a drop will come out. And it's not even like a slope and die. It's like boop, you're done. My dick shut off. It's pee. like a faucet. <laughs> and all I could do was look at him and go, all right, buddy, look, um, you don't have to pee. You need to wait for me outside. And we can't pee together anymore because that's fucking weird as shit. <laughs> and I couldn't pee until like he was out of the bathroom and I actually shut and locked the door. Like he scared my dick is what happened. Yeah. My dick is like, hey, is that little freak of nature gone? Okay, we can work now. We're good. <laughs>
1: that is so funny. That is hilarious to me, actually. Um. <sighs> I wasn't able to determine the course of events for every murder that she committed at the hospitals. Um, Oh, wait, wait. Where was I? Hang on just a second. No. Uh, Okay, anyways, that's not the point. So, um, however, I was able to find what transpired on our last day of employment. Okay. Um, On that day, 99-year-old Maria Christina had been admitted because she had a mild case of bronchitis.
0: She was 99 years old, had a mild case. Got 99 years, bronchitis ain't one.
1: (laughs) Anyways, due to her advanced age, the medical staff who attended to her felt it best to admit her for the course of her treatment and with not, but they didn't know about Sonia and the risk every patient was in when she was working. Um... I understand the basis for this decision. People who knew Maria said that she was normally rather healthy, despite having lived for nearly a century. During the 99 years since she was born, she managed to experience a lively existence, and even with what was going on around in the world. Consider this. By 2004, she's 99 years old. Maria had seen the dark side of humanity with the beginning and end of both world wars, She was there when Italy fell and men were wandering the streets, shouting at strangers and shooting those they considered their enemy Uh, because, you know, they live in Italy. She heard the sounds of the pickaxes striking concrete as the wall came down. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. For those who don't know that, read history.
0: (laughs) Uh, Google that shit.
1: Yeah, because Reagan was fucking amazing. I don't care what people say. Um, She also saw the bright side of humanity. She experienced more than a lifetime of love from her husband as well as the family they made themselves. She witnessed those around her experience their own love. People said that her favorite thing to do in the whole world was putter around the kitchen preparing food while her grandson slept in the other room. Mm. You know, which, that's love. Yeah, no, totes. You know, I can imagine her just cooking some good marinara. I'm telling you, and, and baking
0: she, cannolis. I said she lives in fucking Italy. That's like the best food ever.
1: That's what I've heard. That's
0: super fattening because of all the carbs. Yeah, all the
1: pasta, all that. Why shit. Why do you
0: think like fucking Italians? You see a lot of fat Italians. It's, oh, it's yeah. not because they're lazy. It's all the goddamn carbs. But goddamn it, it's worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: why Koreans aren't that fat because they eat a lot of rice and vegetables and shit. Not a whole. Their food isn't as greasy as Chinese food. Is no, really, I know that. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So, um, uh, so on November eighth, two thousand four, Maria didn't wake up thinking it would be the last day she would open her eyes. When hospital staff admitted her for treatment, they placed her on Sonia's ward at two p.m. I'm sure when she saw the nurse walking carrying a syringe, she most likely thought it was time for another dose of her medication. You know, considering Maria's advanced age, I'm not even sure she would have taken the time to. Asked Sonia what was in the syringe because my dad never did that. They'd hand him a handful of pills and he'd just take them.
0: I'm 48. If I'm in the hospital, I'm, I I'm I always to, ask what they're giving me. I mean, eh, it's been a good run. If this bitch kills me,
1: oh, <laughs>
0: it's been see? a good run, man.
1: No, I always, I always, always, always ask, and I've always said it might be because my mom's a nurse,
0: yeah, you know but I, I is? always
1: ask, what is that? What is it for?
0: I make the nurses all laugh doesn't matter if I'm in for a regular doctor's appointment or if I'm being admitted for something. Um, I make them laugh. I will say things like, what's your name? Monica. Okay, look, you're not going to kill me, are you? Like, not today? You're not going to kill me? Because no, give me a warning,
1: got... and I don't care. I won't tell anybody. So I'm cool. Just I, give me a warning.
0: I've I actually told them that because I have a lot of bad jokes to tell. And then they always say, tell me a bad joke. And I will hit them with a the dad joke. Nine times out of ten.
1: I asked you to tell me a dad joke the first time we met and you couldn't come up with shit. I
0: was tired of shit, man. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, man, if I could, uh, I, I hit him with a, just a stupid joke then I test out their, their their sense of humor before I start getting into the really racy jokes.
1: Oh, so if they like shake their head like me, you like, oh, I don't think I can do racy jokes. Or yeah. if they laugh their ass off, you like, oh. I got it.
0: No, I, I gave you by what they. So, how dirty is your sense of humor? And they go, "Oh, kind of dirty." Okay, so I can't tell a filthy joke. That's what is a. It's, uh, uh, it's downright filthy. Okay, look at Two fags walk into a bar. Yeah, right, I have a
1: sick sense of humor. <laughs> One has his
0: hand up the other one's ass, and they're like, "Well, fucking, tell me more."
1: <laughs> tell me more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, as it turns out, the extremely thin nurse, cause she was very thin at that point. And
0: nothing against homos, by the way. I got, I got more than one gay friend. Unlike you.
1: I have more than one too, by the way.
0: What, one and a half? Fuck one off, bitch.
1: No, I have a gay and a bisexual. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, let's see. As it turns out, this thin nurse didn't have anything. That didn't stop her from placing the needle in the older woman's vein, and she inject. She pulled that that plunger back four to five times. Ooh. four to five doses of air. Jesus, yeah. go big
0: or go home. It's yeah. like she's inflating a tire.
1: Yeah, she didn't stop injecting air into Maria's veins until she heard the woman gasp her last breath. Um. After that, the nurse withdrew the needle, turned around, and walked calmly from the room. Just like nothing happened.
0: My work here is done.
1: Yeah. The only evidence she left behind was a small amount of smeared blood coming from the nose, Maria's nose, because she knows she,
0: right, you know. Right, right. And
1: the droplet of blood where the syringe had punctured her skin.
0: I would have wiped that shit away because that's a telltale sign something went awry. Well,
1: especially with the, on the skin, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, be like, let me just dab so, that up for you, sweetheart.
1: Yeah, but however, considering Maria was only admitted to the hospital for routine treatment for a mild case of bronchitis, hospital staff considered her death unexpected, even though she was ninety-nine. <sighs> well, well, and I Jesus think it's because Christ. she was relatively healthy. And she just had a mild case of bronchitis. We
0: fucking see this all the time, though. Like it's it, 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 with the elderly patients. They come in. They're they're like in their nineties, mm-hmm. but they're super healthy. They're out there playing golf, and you know they're like they're super healthy. Oh, yeah. And then they die with. Well, he was in his nineties. That's why he fucking died. Nothing suspicious here. Instead of taking a look at anything.
1: Yeah. Well. um, One of my really good friends, his dad was very active, rode his bike every day. I mean, for miles, rode his bike every day, was very healthy, went on a bike ride, came back, died of a heart attack right there. You know? Uh, Yeah. So it happens. However, hospital staff considered it unexpected. So even though the patient was 99, everyone expected her to make a full recovery. Um, But because she died under a cloud of suspicion, they did an autopsy.
0: Oh, I thought it was vice versa. I thought no. it was... Uh, oh, I, I you jumped ahead and assumed. I, I'm sorry.
1: No, you're fine. You're my fine. Bed. I just like proving you wrong. Um, from Jesus, what,
0: will you please forgive me for my sins against You say hell no. Squatch.
1: <laughs> from what what I could gather, whenever an autopsy was performed at Manzoni Hospital, the pathologist filmed the process. Okay. Um, As they focused the camera on the patient's heart, they noticed that there was a significant amount of gurgling still emanating from it. A clear indication that it was filled with air, and they determined that her cause of death was due to a gas embolism.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So in case someone isn't aware of what air in the bloodstream can do, I figured I would try to explain it. Every time a patient is given an intravenous injection, the person delivering it pushes up the plunger in order to inject a little fluid. Now, that, that is done so that l- as little air as possible gets into the veins. It's not always possible to make sure that all of the air, no air is injected. However, a small amount will not cause harm. It might hurt a little, but it will not cause harm. Right. Um, the pathologist determined that there was an overwhelming amount of air in Maria's heart. So with that first dose of Sonia injected, a large pocket of air would have formed in the patient's vein when it comes to the human body, the veins carry the blood and fluids to the heart, okay? Well, the same thing happens happened with this pocket of air. Um, it formed, there was nowhere for it to go because of the walls of the vein, so it couldn't just dissipate. It had to travel through the process. Right. And except, it couldn't go anywhere except for the heart. So once it made its way to the heart, it would have found a place to expand. Therefore, the um, air would have entered her atrium, okay, that pocket of air would then cause her blood to start pumping and while the air continued to spread through her system, okay? Because then it would go on to her arteries, mm-hmm. which carries the blood and fluids away from her heart. So that amount of air that Sony injected with the four to five doses in her vein caused such a large obstruction that her stopped her blood flow because there was so much air in her heart that she couldn't pump any blood anymore. Right, She just pumped air. Um, So that's why it didn't take long for her to die from cardiac arrest. The heart attack the pathologist was able to determine was, in fact, induced and did not occur naturally. Um, So when the pathologist made their final determination, it didn't take long for the spotlight of suspicion to focus its ugly beam on Sonia, the nurse responsible for her care. Okay? Once that investigation into Maria's unexpected death was launched, more unexplained deaths were brought to the attention of the... Cab, Carabineri, that's the police there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Carabineri? I can't pronounce it right. Carabineri?
0: Huh? Carabineri?
1: There you go. See? You should be doing this one. Looking into the reports, it wasn't long before their investigation focused on her more. When she became a suspect, the detectives were given a warrant to search her residence. Now, this part didn't surprise me, but it surprised them. When law enforcement officials walked through Sonia's front door to conduct the search, they were shocked by the condition her place was in. They found the nurse's living space to be in both a state of decay and a state of confusion. From the moment they entered the house, they found themselves navigating around precarious stacks of books and piles of clean and dirty laundry. Okay? The authorities also discovered that Sonia had a large amount of furniture throughout the residence. More furniture than one would expect in a place the size of hers. So it was probably just piled up everywhere. She was probably a hoarder. Yeah,
0: could be, yeah. Okay.
1: However, that wasn't what stood out to them the most. Um, Upon entering the house, they were overwhelmed with an unmistakable odor that permeated the air. In the kitchen, they found the source of that odor. There were at least three boxes of cat litter that Obviously hadn't been cleaned in quite a while. Uh,
0: that that grosses me out. Like yeah, because the
1: smell of cat urine. I mean, if you've ever had a cat fucking spray you, you know, like the little fucking Thankfully, male cats do. I
0: have not, but even my cat, man, like her box gets changed fairly regularly because I can't stand the smell.
1: I was gonna say I have never smelled your cat litter box ever. It gets changed, and a I've been lot. in your room.
0: She gets changed out a lot, a lot. Yeah. And I take excellent care of my animals. I was
1: going to say, I wouldn't have noticed you had a cat until it came, you told me, and B, it came peeking around the corner. Like, <laughs> yeah. Bitch, who was you?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, as the detectives were sifting through the pile of books, Sonia had amassed. Some of the titles drew their attention. One of them was a book written by Fabioli Clerk, C-L-E-R-C-Q, And about... There's not any vowels in that. About the devastating (laughs) effects of anorexia. Um, They also found she had dozens of other books and pamphlets that depicted various methods of death and dying. She was, like, obsessed with it. Okay. Which makes sense.
0: But nothing wrong with that. It's not illegal. We're obsessed with fucking serial killers, death, and dying. Oh, dude, if somebody
1: did a fucking search on our computers to see what we search out the most, (laughs) we would be arrested.
0: We would be... On a, a wanted list <laughs> for Well, and then they would
1: slap our ass in that padded room. I'm so scared of being in. So as the search continued, the sheer number of books, manuals, and pamphlets that Sonia possessed, it was clear she had what could be considered an obsession with death. Among all the written works, they found a piece of paper with Sonia's handwriting. On this paper, she had written down the names and bed numbers of patients that she had been assigned to care for, Beside the names and numbers, she had also written various comments about treatments that were given and pathologies that were reported. Some of them were also marked with little crosses and a phrase they found to be deeply disturbing. Although there were only two simple words, they were haunting nonetheless. They were
0: die bitch, right? No, she
1: had written the words Ella Fu, which translates to she went.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, I was trying yeah. to interpret that, I was trying to do the interpretation in my head, but you kind of beat me.
1: Yeah, I kind of did. Once the authorities gathered all the evidence, they took it back to complete it, and to complete analyzing it and build their case. Which, you know, finally on December 14th of 2004, so about a month later, they determined they had collected enough information to bring her down to the police headquarters for questioning. Um, initially when they started asking her questions about the deaths and what they had found, she said she wasn't in any way involved, obviously. However, after denying everything for only eh, 10 minutes, she started to confess everything. Hey, at least she wasn't Beavis and Butthead. True. And confess the shit she didn't do.
0: Right? Very true. Very, <laughs> very true.
1: You know, which... We're going to start recording for Scotty and Squatch pretty soon, and one of our first episodes that we're going to go back to is going to be our rendition of Beavis and Butthead, just so people know.
0: That and I want to tell a story about the rest area from a couple of weeks ago. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, that was disgusting. That was awesome. So, um, where was I? With unwavering certainty, she talked about seven specific cases. Only seven. Oh, okay. 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 She told the authorities that on five different occasions, she had taken a 50cc syringe, which is kind of big, um, into a patient's room. Once she entered and closed the door behind her, she proceeded to inject enough air into their veins to bring about their death, and she then told them about two separate incidents where she attempted to do the same on other patients. However, in those cases, she didn't inject a fatal amount of air. Okay. Just caused them a little pain. Okay, cool. Yeah. Those were the only deaths that Sonia admitted to committing. After giving her verbal confessions, she provided. Why can't I get this? Oh, there we go.
0: Um, Wrong hole.
1: Shut up, bitch. I didn't have it centered on the
0: hole. uh uh-huh. I've had that problem. Hit I the tank.
1: Have, shut up. <laughs> you made me lose my place. Oh, so after giving her verbal confession, she gave him a written one. This is what that confession said. I, the undersigned Sonia Kaleffi, have carried out nursing maneuvers on serious patients such as, and you got to remember this is translated from Italian, and I had to do a translation thing because I don't speak Italian, worsen their conditions. I injected about 40 to 50 cc's of air through the permanent needle. Those maneuvers were performed when I was alone with the patient. I consciously... Remember having implemented such maneuvers to cause deterioration in five cases. I state that it was not my intention to cause the death of any patient, but only to make the conditions worse. That's why I believe she was trying to cause them pain. Uh, Then they were considered conditions worse than they were, but I am absolutely unable to explain to myself the reasons for these actions. I humbly ask for forgiveness from family members, colleagues, superiors, and the entire hospital. Mm. Okay. Um, Now, Sonia readily confessed to killing five patients and attempting to kill two others. With that confession, the authorities began to wonder if she had actually committed other murders at the facility she worked in. Since there was a possibility she had, they began to look for other cases. During the extended investigation, they found there were at least eight other patients in Sonia's care that had died from cardiac arrest. All eight cases appeared to fit the pattern, uh, so they exhumed the bodies. Um, when they were finished performing the autopsy, autopsies on the remains, they weren't quite able to determine if the heart attack was the result of foul play.
0: Because, okay.
1: you know, a, 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 I mean, this is the time when they fucking embalm people. Right. You know, this wasn't back in the fucking early 1900s. We have to remember that. Um, For that reason, they were not able to charge her with additional murders. While the authorities were looking into the possibility that Sonia committed other murders, she was detained in police custody. However, she wasn't put in jail. Okay. Due to her suicide risk level, she was placed on the heavily guarded fourth floor of the Santana Hospital where she used to be employed.
0: Um, uh, her home away from home.
1: Yeah. Um, I can only imagine that she would have felt that being housed there was some appropriate form of retaliation, especially since she had gone from being perceived as a savior of the damned to one of the damned herself at the same hospital. The shoes she was issued came without laces. The sheets she slept on were constructed out of paper and the cutlery she ate with was made out of flimsy plastic. In other words, every precaution was taken to ensure she did not have the opportunity to take her own life. Okay? So when the extent of Sonia's actions were released, nearly the entire country of Italy felt shock and anger. The citizens, especially those in the province of Como, were demanding the law make an example out of this nurse. Reports indicated that the public didn't view Sonia as a nurse. They had begun to look at the scrubs she wore as a costume on a stage where she performed um, in a tragedy that she had written and directed herself. This is a like a quote from a newspaper. Right, right. So they felt the murder she committed hinged on the fact that she was no longer satisfied with the attention she was getting from acting on her histrionic disorder. They thought she was seeking attention by killing people, which I don't believe that. Right. So the public felt the essence. Sonia had begun to use her patients like puppets, and she was the one manipulating them. Unfortunately, five patients were given a happy ending to this tragedy. Sonia remained on suicide watch at the hospital for almost two months. On February 11, 2005, they transferred her to the heavily guarded hospital ward of a different hospital. Um, This time she was sent to a psychiatric hospital in cast. Leon, Castiglione, C A S T I G L I O N E Del Stevere. S T I V I E R E. Okay.
0: Castiglione de what?
1: Del Stevere.
0: Del Stevere. Stavier.
1: Stevere. Steverdi? That mm-hmm.
0: could be it. Uh, that sounds like it should be Steverdi.
1: Yeah. So that's located actually in the province of Mantua in Lombardy, Italy. And Lombardi is actually the same reason region where Como is located. Oh, okay. Okay. So not on, like Vince e- Lombardi. No. No. Spell different. Oh, okay L A L O M B A R D Y, not I. I love Vince Lombardi. He was an amazing coach.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. I hate football. So
1: No, but you should read up on Vince Lombardi and um Oh God! Now I can't. Landry Tom Landry from the Dallas Cowboys. They were amazing coaches. Um, on March 10, thousand five, Sonia actually recants the confession she gave the detectives on December fourteenth of two thousand four, and by June of that same year, she stated she had no recollection whatsoever of killing any patient under her care. She doesn't know why she said what she did when they were when in reality she didn't do it.
0: She's framed. That's why. <laughs> I, I was think, framed. I think that she frame, was fra- framed.
1: No, frame. That's me, Richie Valens, by the way. Let
0: me tell you exactly why she killed her patients. I already figured this out. You're in Italy, right?
1: Are you going to be a smart ass? No.
0: No, this is my theory.
1: Oh, my God. Here it he goes. I told you guys. Listen to me. Hear me out before you judge. You yes. didn't say that. <laughs> I was going
0: to say that, actually. Uh, <laughs> don't judge me. Hear me out. <laughs> You're in Italy. The land of fantastic food. Have you not eaten a cannoli? Like, for real?
1: Oh, and she's anorexic. And you're anorexic. So she's not enjoying it.
0: Okay, okay. Sonia, sweetheart, baby, babe, baby, are you listening? Eat some of the food in your own country. Because it's fucking amazing. And trust me, you won't want to kill no motherfuckers. you just want to eat more Italian food. Because that shit's the bomb.
1: You know what, I wonder if she is listening to us to see if we would feature her because we do have a market in Italy. There you go. Yeah. Hi, Sonia. We know you're listening.
0: (laughs) You, You, sweetheart, I'll come over there and I'll make you some southern food, too between the italian food and southern oh, food oh my god i promise you will not be anorexic you won't be able to help yourself like seriously no dude southern food is the bomb give me, dig- a, give me more chicken fried steak and more of that uh, sauce is great there big daddy and i'll be like you got yeah. it sweetheart you got it
1: you know for my wedding our reception we had korean food and southern food i'm not lying um because i wanted southern and he wanted korean so we mixed um Let's see here. She remained housed in the psychiatric hospital in act- until 2006, so almost a year. So sometime during t- in 2006, she was transferred to the San Vittori prison where she was held before she faced the court for sentencing. Not long after arriving at this facility, she was actually assigned a work detail. The former nurse was now working as a telephonist or switchboard operator. Okay. By the time Sonia stood before the courts to receive her sentence on December 14, 2007, it had been exactly three years since her arrest. Despite the fact she had recanted her confession, she was still facing multiple counts of aggravated murder. Now, the Attorney General argued for the prosecution and attempted to show a pattern of premeditation when it came to all the deaths, and for oh. that... Reason They implored the courts to order the defendant to serve the rest of her life in prison. I'm assuming death penalty is not over there.
0: Let me look it up. I'm talking to my phone this time.
1: Yeah. So the defense team had a strategy as well. They actually called several witnesses to testify on Sonia's behalf, and each witness they called— Testified to the mitigating factors the defense felt led to the extenuating circumstances driving their client to commit murder
0: they should have used the food defense okay so here 's what i 've got the last the last execution in Italy took place on March fourth of thousand nine hundred and forty seven The Italian constitution uh, into force Okay, makes no sense. The Italian uh, Constitution into force January 1948 completely abolished the death penalty for all common military and civil crimes.
1: 1998?
0: Or 88? 48.
1: Oh, 48. Okay.
0: So no death penalty in times of peace.
1: Okay, that makes sense, actually. Considering, I mean, we have to remember that Europe was very, very dominated by um, genocide. During the war. So that affected them, too. I mean, that's why Germany doesn't have the death penalty.
0: No, Germans shouldn't be able to do anything because I've seen their porn. It's disgusting.
1: (laughs) You're so fucking stupid. Shut up, intern. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. They even managed to get expert testimony that would explain their clients' actions. Her attorneys were able to find a credible psychiatric expert to present the court with their findings. In addition to the mental health issues and disorders that we talked about before, this expert also said she was suffering from Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which I saw. Yeah. And with this added mental disorder, the defense was able to show a plethora of mitigating factors to support their client. When the judge addressed Sonia... He talked about how he believed that the murders she committed were planned before they were carried out, that each time she was both lucid and coherent enough to be aware of her actions and the harm she was causing.
0: I think everybody deserves a second chance, though. This isn't me being an idiot. I Will you
1: let me finish my presentation before you start this? I'm sorry. I'm just telling you right now because you will hear an answer here. Okay. Despite the personal beliefs of the judge he had to take into account all of the testimony that had been presented. For that reason, he only sentenced her to 20 years. Oh. Okay? As the judge was addressing Sonia, she began to get teary-eyed. When the, he handed down his sentence, she broke down into a fit of heavy sobs. Um, people who saw this didn't know if the tears were the result of her histrionic disorder, which I can understand, or if she was actually overcome by the... sum summarization of her homicidal actions, like it really affected her. Either way, they all walked away with the belief her sentence was extremely mild in comparison to the murder she committed. Now, after receiving her sentence, Sonia was returned to San Vittorio Prison to serve her time. That's where she was on March 3rd, 2008, when she received a notice from the Appeal Court of Milan saying they had confirmed her sentence to serve 20 years. You know, because in Europe they mm-hmm. confirm it. Um, for the five murders and two attempted murders. As I stated in the past, there are some cases where it's evident that some murders are committed by people suffering from severe mental health issues. It's a fact that when it comes to life, there are gray areas. We've talked about this. However, in most legal cases, the law is so black and white that it doesn't take those gray areas into account. We saw it with Josh Phillips. Mm -hmm. We've seen it with others. Carol Cole, you know, that being said, when it comes to Sonia and I look at her mental state during the period she was committing the murders, I am left with one thought. Although I agree the judge was right when he considered all the mitigating factors before he handed down his sentence, I don't agree with the sentence he gave her. I think he, she, he, she would have been better served had she been sent to a mental institution and not back to prison. Okay. However, make no mistake, there most definitely should have been consequences. After all, there were five patients who didn't have to die such an excruciatingly painful death. Because remember, that's excruciating. Yeah. Let's not forget that these five people were just living their life and happened to require treatment. They should have had the right to receive that treatment and not be killed. Now, those patients, I want to name them to honor them, were Teresa Lietti. Ferdinando Negri, N-E-G-R-I, shut up, Scott, Biagio La Rosa, Elisa, Colomba, Riva, and Maria Cristina. Okay? They deserve to be mentioned because they were victims. I just don't feel that she is the only one that should have been held accountable in this case. It was obvious that others were aware of her histrionic behavior. She was in the care of a therapist that slapped a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, you know. Then after her first suicide attempt, rather than making her complete a counseling program before being allowed to return to work, she was allowed to keep working. Despite the fact she had a sporadic work history and frequent terminations, potential employers didn't hesitate to hire her. Um, Some facilities even allowed her to come back after she was left or terminated. Therefore, although she was the only one who physically committed the murders, there's a long line of facilities and individuals that enabled her. For that reason, they should have been held accountable on some level. However, I haven't found anything to indicate there was anything done or investigations or anything like that. So I will say, by the time I finished reading the reports, I found something really interesting. After she had been incarcerated for a while, she issued a statement in which she said, I apologize and forgive I apologize. I think she's asking for forgiveness here for what happened. I would like to have the opportunity to face a new life. I have to thank them for, for being put in jail because I have received medical assistance. So she received it there. I, I look back and no longer recognize myself in the person I once was. Now I feel more serene and balanced. So that's good. Okay. When I read that statement, it left me with the impression that even though she was in prison, she received some sort of help. Um, then I read that she was interviewed as a guest on a talk show type of program. And during that interview, she stated, I am nobody to decide on the lives of others, but I did, you know, so she's taking accountability that tells me that she is taking accountability for her actions, even though she was sentenced to serve 20 years in 2007, she was released from San Vittori prison in 2018 and oh, she is a free woman today.
0: Cool. You, yeah, You basically said exactly what I wanted to say. It's that the laws are black and white. And I, I, I'm Very. sitting over here and I'm listening to you. There are some people, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, like Carol Cole, right. who didn't get the right help. Obviously, Sonia didn't.
1: Right. We, and Joshua Phillips, who made a bad decision based on the way he was treated in life at such a young age from birth.
0: From birth, yeah.
1: Yeah. And that was a gray area.
0: But there's some people like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on Cole and Kaleffi uh, and here for a second. That I don't believe that either one of them should have ever been in prison, because when all the signs are there, mm-hmm. okay, Biddicker and Norris, they were sick, depraved motherfuckers.
1: Oh, totally.
0: Okay, there is no sending them to a mental hospital, but they to, didn't to rehab like show
1: them. the signs of being mentally disturbed. They showed the signs of being fucking that's, sick in the head.
0: That's where I'm. There's what I'm a getting difference. At. Yeah, they were simply just. Deviant be, yeah. and, and and evil. So you're not going to send them to a mental hospital. Why? Because they didn't have a problem. This is yeah. what they wanted to do. You have people like this uh, Sonia here.
1: Who seek medical attention, mental health attention. And, and, and
0: you know that she's got all these problems. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't get the help that she needs mm-hmm. until she's incarcerated, until she's done something right. bad. Then all of a sudden it's like, you're a bad person, mm-hmm. but now we're going to give you help. Why can't we as a society, a, a, as a world? mm mm-hmm. Globally. Help people who need help it. people out when they're when they're begging for mm-hmm. help. Carol Cole. And I bring up him because Carol Cole, out of all this all the killers that we've done, I believe he tried the hardest to Ooh. get help. Yeah. Literally begging.
1: He went checked himself into mental health facilities saying, I cannot be out there. I will kill somebody.
0: Right. And they you know. sent them out. And they said, oh, okay, well, that's that's cute. Here's a bus ticket to fucking San Diego. Yeah. Which still just appalls me. But, you <laughs> I know. know you, me you got, too. You got people out there who have legitimate problems that it's not attention-seeking anything like that. And can you tell yeah. the attention-seekers signa- see- from those who aren't? No, not really. But
1: No, but you sometimes gotta, you can eventually. I mean, if they do it long enough, yeah. Yeah,
0: eventually you sit there and go, okay, you're just out for attention. Yeah. But, uh, you know, why aren't we as a as a globally... helping these people to kind of give them new skills.
1: Well, and that's what bothered me about this is because she was seeking the help in the 2000s, which by then, it was starting to be better, a lot better. And she wasn't getting it.
0: See, and a lot of times what I find is that we focus on the crime and not the person. Yeah. And the situation around it. Yeah. to our listeners, guys, I'm really not, I'm not trying to negate what she did. I'm not no, sitting there not saying, hey, there, it's, but... it's expected and blah, blah, blah. No, um, what she did was totally horrible. It, yes. it really was because nobody deserves to die but that it way. It shouldn't
1: have happened because she didn't kill people until 2003. 2000, yeah, 2003.
0: But uh, what I'm asking everybody to think about is think about what would have happened if people like Sonia, Carol Cole, um, uh, even, even uh, Bobby Long.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
0: You know because uh, his
1: wife said there's a problem here and they said, Oh, it'll go away. Right. Yeah.
0: If all these people who had these problems throughout history, Sonya being the most recent, mm-hmm. um, if they actually got the medical attention that they needed, the psychiatric treatment that they needed, True. the medication that they needed, you gotta ask yourself and you gotta actually wonder, would Sonya have uh, would she have killed those patients? I don't
1: think I don't think so.
0: You know, Carol Cole certainly wouldn't have. He, he wouldn't have killed anybody. Oh, uh, he might have, but um, he wouldn't have. His
1: wife, who were hookers. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, um, you know, if in, in Carol Cole's case, if, if, the, if the psychiatrist would have listened and said, okay, look, he's directly telling us he can't get aroused right. cause, uh, without
1: causing physical, causing
0: physical harm, <laughs> We need to institutionalize him. Yeah,
1: because that will escalate where the choking doesn't help anymore. Right. You know, the mild choking where, you know, she lives. Yeah.
0: generally all violence, generally, I'm not saying it, you might be different out there. And if you are different, now kudos to you. Don't fucking, yeah. don't, don't sit not
1: there. is a bad thing, but.
0: Don't sit there, you know, don't get on my dick about this shit. But you might be different. But it's generally. for my nuts. <laughs> generally, um, violence escalates true so it goes from uh verbal violence let's say going fuck you bitch bra bra to fuck you bitch in a push to fuck you bitch in a smack to fuck you bitch in a fist to you know and, to it the just,
1: choking to it yeah.
0: progresses yeah until you find something to to cause a wall well the, the, the nothing's okay, better we'll than,
1: than makeup sex after an argument oh my god because it's like you both have that Angry emotions. You don't want
0: to get the shit knocked out of you. No, though. but
1: I mean, I'm just saying. But no, I and I agree that I mean, because at some point, because we found that with Bobby Long, mm-hmm. he was having sex with these people and raping them and hurting them. But at one time, he was forcing this woman to give him oral sex, and he was like, "This isn't you know me beating you up isn't working anymore." So he choked her to death.
0: Yeah, you it's know, the, it's the progression, and that's what it's the progression it. of violence. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the end of my presentation, but like I said, I think hers was definitely Nurture, and I also think her case could have been prevented if she would have gotten the help she needed back before 2000.
0: There's a couple things going on with that. I I, I agree with the Nurture, but I think that it sounds to me like she may have had or still has a chemical imbalance. Yeah, Um, definitely. Definitely. I, I, improper distribution of serotonin and, right. and dopamine levels, and just name a few. And getting that help in prison. Yeah, then you get to prison after you've done the bad thing mm-hmm. and they go... And I, I'll bet that they said the same thing that happened to me when I got arrested. You know, why didn't you ask for help? Well, I fucking did. And I bet you she did too. But everybody's like, ah, oh, we can't help you. Well, we do have documentation
1: bad. she asked for help. Yeah. You know, which is true. I mean... It just boils down to, and I mean, if you see her pictures, because I have a bunch of pictures already of her, she went from this thin walking skeleton to actually having meat on her bones, somebody you would date. I mean, she was very healthy, you know, so I was, she got the help she needed in that right. 10 years that she was in there.
0: Maybe.
1: So, um, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of she needed help and they didn't give it to her. That's what pissed me off.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly. All right, we're going to wrap this shit up because this is a long fucking episode. Well, that's because
1: you get on tangents.
0: A little bit, yeah.
1: I'm blaming you. (laughs) I mean, I follow you, but I'm blaming you because you started.
0: You're going to blame me because I'm white.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: (laughs) All right.
1: I'm thing against white people.
0: (laughs) Because you only have the one black friend. Anyway, (laughs) you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com Uh, Check out the website, twistedbluellc.com. Check out our Patreon page and give us a handout there. And stay tuned for our competition, our contest to win yourself a Brutal Nation t-shirt. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your your blogs from. And stay tuned, because if you haven't checked out our YouTube page, we're going to have some... uh, some YouTube action going on.
1: Yeah, we are. We're we're implementing. We're doing some stuff um, to be on. You know, to post on YouTube and everything. But I'm going to say this: that you need to check out our Patreon page for the contest because that's where we're going to post it.
0: Yeah, totally. totally yeah, so. totally. Totally. All right. This show's copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Bye-bye.
1: Bye bye. Bye.